This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this, the Next Lander podcast. I'm so glad everybody could be here. We are all going to make this thing work as a community. No lone wolves here. No Alex and Brad. We pool everything together to make it work. You know what I'm saying? I, I literally was the wolf. Ooh, okay, well, you're no longer the wolf. Now you're okay. we're the wolf pack. Oh, are we? Oh, wait, are we the NWO wolf pack? No, okay, that too didn't sweet. work either. We, Come on, too sweet me. Come on, I'm doing the thing to the camera. A collection. Do I need to dye my goatee black? No. What are we doing here? Yes. No. I don't have a goatee. Yep. No, but you do need to dye your entire beard black. Okay, yes. That you need to do regardless of two sweeting. Have you or... considered wearing a lot of bandanas? Hmm. Always. I'm always considering that. Okay. Uh, I have bad news. I did not win the Mega Millions. Billions. I did. Oh, good for you. Okay, so then we do have a... We do have a... No, I'm only seriously. I matched two numbers. Wow. Did you win money I, from it? I matched, yes. What I matched... It? I matched one of the regular numbers and the mega. What? What does that get you, if you don't mind me asking? Four dollars. Oh, man. We, are, hey, we don't have what? to pool anything. I doubled my money. 
Oh my gosh, how many tickets I did you buy? I doubled my money. Well, you One. did, but also in, in 2021 dollars, that actually would be two dollars. So uh, you're uh, yeah, you're actually negative. You. You're negative money since the time you bought that ticket. I bought I bought one two dollar ticket and I won four. So later, suckers. You're up on the house. Yeah, cash mm-hmm. out while you're ahead. I, I I'm, I'm debating like. The only reason I want to go cash it in is to say that I cashed in a winning lottery ticket. Like, I don't, you know, it's $4, but. Just go buy a scratch off and be done with it. Just give the uh, money back. How often can you say you got money from the lot? Like, I was thinking about calling up my parents and just as soon as they pick up the phone, just being like, hey, I won the lottery. Yes. The mega, <laughs> the mega billions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I bought $20 worth of tickets. And let me say this. It's shocking how, how far away from winning I was. I was, uh-huh. I, I matched Did you somehow shit. miss literally every nut possible number? I think maybe one line had one matching number. It okay. was shockingly far afield from anything that could have possibly resembled a win. So if you, if you were to win it, do you have to match them in order or do you just have to match the numbers? I believe it probably varies, but I believe any of the major ones like Powerball and Mega Millions, you just have to get the five numbers. Okay. And then do you have to get that mega they, number spot to as get that the, number? To get the, yeah. So... This also may vary by state, uh, because I I saw some people in California that did this and won like four and a half million dollars. But then I think in another state I saw somebody did the same thing and only got like one. Hmm. But um, what was it? I think it was if you got all five numbers, but not the mega, that was worth like four and a half. Okay, in California. Did anybody get the whole thing? Yeah. Somebody oh, you got didn't the- see. Oh no, yeah. Somebody, somebody somebody in Indiana won the one point two billion. But they split they the less the smaller payouts or or was it actually was it one point two or was it right around one I forget I think it was like I think with taxes by the way if you won the full thing it was something like four hundred million where you would actually get to take uh, home I, 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 I mean, think I saw that you right? take home six mm-hmm. I think it was I think it was you take home six because like if you take the the lump sum instead of the annuity it's already way less than mm, right. the actual prize pot like you need to take the what is it thirty year annuity or whatever to get the full don't uh, do it. So you're already taking a smaller pot to get it all at once, and then there's a lot of taxes on it, which is hilarious considering the actual billionaires in society <laughs> are not subject to the same sort of thing. They found the one kind of billionaire they could tax. Once you get your I, first four hundred million, you really just you know a lot of smart investments mm-hmm. to really turn that into a billion. I, I think I think guys, I think six hundred is the number I saw was what they were actually going to take home. Okay, which you know, hey, in Indiana dollars. That's going to go a long way. In any that, dollars, that's going to go a long way. <laughs> Fucking in San Francisco, that goes a very long way. Yeah. Well, okay, it goes less a long way in San Francisco, oh, but man, sure wouldn't on, turn man. it down. No. I mean, what you, you, pull, you, you're, you could probably you're, retire for like five years in San I mean, Francisco on 400 I mean, that could, you're, you're pulling in like very healthy eight-figure annual income on investment alone with that kind of money. What's 20% of 600? That's like 1.2 million. Yeah. So... All right. Yes, you were. <laughs> there is nowhere on the planet that you will not live like the filthy elite that you are. Well, money. you're all going to be on the run from everybody, as uh, as we all know. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're going to yeah, be on the run for the rest of your life, hiding out with your T Rex skull in a in a bunker somewhere or a German uh, castle. You know, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Well, congratulations to everyone who participated in the mega. Millions, billions, whatever they're calling it. And yeah, no, you, Vinny, they don't give participation awards for that one. That's, no, they just no. take your money. Yeah, just take the, your money. The thing to do is to play the low prize pots. I don't even know how like, to do that. Play play when it's like 20. Oh, oh, oh. That's the, what you want to win. Like, you want to win. You want to win unremarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
filthy rich money because the only people who are playing during that part are the most degenerate gamblers so like and that <laughs> well, is not a huge number of people it's it's less that and more like who the fuck is paying attention to the lottery in the news when it's not some ridiculous like stunt pot mm-hmm. yeah like if you just like people win 20 million every other week and nobody what? ever notices do they yeah like absolutely i mean look at you can look at the like i'm not i don't know lottery. There are other sites in other states, I guess, but at least in California, you can go to calottery.com and it's just like, okay, what do we got here? Powerball is 202 right now. 202 but, million. But Mega Millions is only 36. Super Lotto is 12. So like, and every time you see one of those reset, it means that somebody won. Yeah. So why even play point, at that point? Like why? The point, the point I'm making is that like they, people win the pot all right. the time and then yes. it resets. Like what you want, you want to win right after somebody wins the big money. Right. When nobody else is in there. You want to you want to win enough to to be loaded, but not for anybody to notice. Right, right. They are, like they're going to dominate the news cycle. You're good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. you want to fly like security through <laughs> ob- obscure lotto winnings. <laughs> that's right. You want a gray man the lotto. Like yes, that's the key here. Is like win a bunch of money, but not enough that anybody cares enough to pay attention. I listen. I want to win enough money where somebody cares enough to pay attention, but they're too distracted by the person who won the billions. And are now pitching them on everything under the sun. Did they not hire so, their law firm to go collect the money? Did they know. remain anonymous? Well, that varies by state. I, I'm, look, I'm, I'm here to put on a clinic about lottery uh-huh. winnings uh-huh. in case you're wondering. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, some states allow you to claim anonymously and some do not. So it really mm. depends on what you can get away with. But hang on, the, the whole reason I was talking about this, let me pull this back up. Past winning numbers. Uh-huh. What? Which drawing was that? Here it is. Yes, <laughs> it's so funny clicking through these. It's like... The most recent drawing, like prize amounts, twenty million, and then you click the next one. Prize amounts, one point two eight billion. Oh my gosh, that's anyway. So yeah, ridiculous. the thing I was just going to say, like statistically, it's kind of insane that getting all five numbers but not the mega is only worth four million dollars out of that much money. Like you really have to hit the the, the one in ten yeah. bajillion chance to actually the, walk away with the like, jackpot the ass jackpot. Like it's crazy that getting one number away, you only you only get such a tiny fraction. There was a uh, I was talking to somebody on our Discord. I, I wound up uh, being able to buy a ticket finally online, uh, and I bought my twenty dollars ticket or whatever, which got me I think ten, ten, ten tries. Yeah, two dollars mm-hmm. a ticket. I didn't know you could buy them online. That's you can't in every state. So huh. there's some states you can't. I mean, okay. New Jersey uh, loves gambling. So there's like an there's like a uh, registered app. In multiple states that allow you to buy them, uh, and I did it through there. And um, I was talking to somebody on our Discord because <laughs> I, I posted the the odds, which was something like one in three hundred plus million, right, to to get something. And they were like, "Well, listen, I have a zero out of zero chance of getting a billion dollars from my current job, so I'm gonna get it." Which <laughs> really put it in perspective of like, "Yeah, you know what? Okay, I'll put twenty bucks in. That's mm-hmm. that's fair enough." Again. Good reality check when I checked it to see just how few numbers, if any, that I matched on that thing at all. Because suddenly you start getting fantasies of like, well, what if I match these numbers? What am I going to do? How am That's I? Right. How am I going to match? Where do you cash that check? What do you do with it? Totally, like, dude, I get so, I get so like annoyed with like the lottery pedantry of like, you, you know, you're not going to win. It's like, yes, I know what the odds are. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No one does this is, because they know they're going to win. Because that's, that's impossible. Ex- yeah. That's exactly it. It is the question. The real question is, did you derive $20 worth of entertainment out of this process? Yeah, I okay, did. There you go. Then you won. I totally did. I mean, 
took me a little while to get signed up on that app, but then, uh, and I just did a computer randomized thing of like, just give me the numbers. I really don't care. This is all a farce anyway. So. Oh, you did? Oh, I, I was going to ask. I, I assume they do let you pick on online. I think they do. I don't care. Like okay. anything I pick, oh, no, it, it's just. No way, man. No way, man. You got to like. You know, like go into a meditative trance and like really feel it and just like let the numbers come. I feel like I would pick one set of numbers that are my specific numbers and then I would let the computer do the rest of them. I mean, it's a, it's a, I don't, I'm, I was never very good at math. I'm not good at statistics either, but yeah. I mean, have, do you know how many mon- numbers there are? There's like a hundred <laughs> of them. Like if you play the same number every day for a hundred years, you have the same chance to win as picking a different number every day, each time, right? Like they're, they don't read, they don't take numbers out of circuit winning combinations yeah. out of circulation or anything. I don't, I don't know. No, actually. they don't. Yeah. I'm not. Oh no, no, they don't do that. Yeah, I'm just okay. saying like from a probability standpoint, I actually can't say if like I, it may actually change your odds. I don't know. I, I would have to assume each time that ball is p- whatever they do, they don't do the, they do the thing with the air and the little ball mm-hmm. anymore. Oh, no, you literally can, like, on this, like, again, if you, as an example, go to CA Lottery, like, every list of results is linked to a YouTube video of them <laughs> pulling the numbers out of the ping pong blower They still machine. do it? Mm-hmm. They the absolutely. same mechanism? I'm, I'm guessing it is, like, quite literally a verification thing of we need to show you. That's amazing. That these numbers were chosen not through a computer, not through so anything. Here, so here is this sprawling YouTube channel with nothing but a bunch of like 60 second videos on it of them pulling lotto numbers. Okay. Or now I want to. And so for this multi-state thing, it's only one set of numbers, right? So there is one person who gets to pull the numbers. I want to know how you qualify to be the number puller. Who is who was oh. the person who pulled the numbers? Oh, I know the answer to that question. Just be the unta- a talented child of the person who runs the, the TV network that is airing the numbers. Is it? Oh, the- I'm looking. Oh my God! You sh- you need to see this guy. Is it is it? It's not. I like haven't looked at the son of a state comptroller or something. They are not even. They are not even putting up lottery number drawing videos in HD. What the fuck? Because <laughs> they can't. There they is can't fudge them. I and I I didn't even mean to do this. I just randomly clicked on the one that is the billion dollar drawing, and it is like 720p is the best version of this <laughs> hey, video. Technically, this, that's HD. Okay. <laughs> for this this historic drawing, they couldn't even put it up a 1080p video. But also, this dude, this dude. What? How did you find it? Did you just look wearing up wearing a burgundy suit? <laughs> he's wearing a burgundy suit, and he's got the like Reed Richards like graying around oh, the temples. Oh yeah! Like, just, this is a this is a pitch perfect. That's a Bob guy, Dobbs right there. <laughs> this guy should be in a Vegas casino somewhere. This is awesome. Okay. Anyway, man, video games. Wait, I'm watching a thing where the balls are just coming through like a little Rube Goldberg uh, um, like rail like series here. of tubes. No, it's like it could, a, it's the blower, and then there's like oh, a I know about rail the rail. Way. Yeah, I remember the yeah. rail. It could it could vary. I think it maybe does vary by drawing or by like okay, you know, like Mega Millions may do it one way, and Powerball may do it a different way. I mean, look, I, there's still a giant fucking vat of numbers that are popping around like popcorn, and eventually they shoot out somewhere. What mechanism delivers them doesn't really matter. This one's got like a little erectile, like a little penis thing that just pushes up, and then the balls come out of the top. This thing okay. is <laughs> See now now amazing. now Powerball has got proper 1080p videos up of their drawings. Thank mm-hmm. you for having some respect for your craft and process. 4K Wait, 60 think, with HDR, get the fuck out. Is Powerball the one are you watching the one like the Powerball with the the blower with the little post that pushes a ball up that looks yes. like a little yes, erection I have, I have happens? Seen this one. Yes, I've okay. seen this one before. Man, the lottery is exciting. When I remember when I was a kid, we'd watch the lottery. It was the person had to walk over and spin the ball, like the, it would mm-hmm. blow the ball up and capture it, and then you spin the ball over. I remember that. 
Um, that was the one that always aired when I would go to my grandparents' house because they had the three channels and one of them had the lottery drawings yeah. on it. And that was always the thing that aired before Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. And some would just seven, mm-hmm. ten, forty nine, <laughs> forty nine. Right, exactly. Bingo. For the, for the for the record, I got my ticket out of a vending machine at Safeway. Sweet. Just stick two dollars in there and press a button, and here's your ticket. You had to put two dollars in cash in there, or just swipe a card? Yes. Cash only. Wow. How do they check your ID? I don't. Wow. How do they know you're nothing, 18? There's nothing, there's nothing to check. <gasps> I'm pretty sure if you turned in a ticket and you weren't 18, uh, they just wouldn't give you the money. Sorry. This billion's not yours. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, sorry. Oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll redeem that ticket for you. Mm-hmm. No problem. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. It's, it'll go just, in my uh, trust. Let me, uh, let me just let me talk to my lawyer. I'll have a contract drawn up and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll get my share. Wild. Wild. It, um... None of us I, are billionaires. That's the end result of this story. I am a four-unaire, thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, not through this lottery. You know what I'm saying? This, my voice would immediately change if I were a billionaire, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. Hello, oh, hello, Brad and Alex. I, I would immediately doing- adopt a mid-Atlantic <laughs> accent and uh, would become a raging alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- the kids were going to do the talent show on the yacht this weekend, mm-hmm. but uh, instead they... I don't know. They got uh, 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 Tina Fey and uh, Taylor Swift to perform uh, comedy, uh, both comedy and music. Did you see That's... Caroline down at the vineyard this summer? Uh, no, we were skiing on the moon. Oh. As billionaires do. Oh, you only go to the moon, huh? Please. That's where the old... That's the so new... middle class. <laughs> the new money can have Mars. Mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> we're we're oldest states of the... <laughs> I'm going to leave. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the correct. That, that is absolutely the I'm correct. I'm going response. to leave. Uh, to Mars, yes. Yeah, where all the where all the new money trash is going. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, Brad, go over there with your four dollars, please, please. Our old estates on the on the moon are just fine, just fine. The Caravella, the, oh, the Moon Caravellas. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm very aware. I'm very aware. Folks, we've got some video games to talk about this week. Caravellas. Yes, thank you very much. That's we don't talk to them much anymore. Uh, we have we're going to talk about Exodiac. We're going to talk about Hitman Three. We're going to talk about some Elden Ring, some Horizon Forbidden West, some X eighty six box or eighty six box eighty six box. Okay, the coolest thing I have messed with in a software capacity in a very long time. Okay, we're going to get to some eighty six box first. Let's talk about Exodiac. Yes, now. We uh, we showed a little bit of this during our Monday Patrons Choice stream, mm-hmm. where we streamed Toilet Chronicles, The Looker, mm-hmm. and uh, some X Zodiac. Tell us about X X Zodiac. So I uh, after the stream, I immediately went and downloaded this and uh, started playing it. It is a early access experience. Uh, it, just, just say it, man. Just say it. It's fucking Cuts the chase. It's fucking Star Fox and uh, uh, what? Oh god, what is Space what is Harrier? It? Space Harrier. Yes. So, so is there Space Harrier in there? So I got through the first three levels on that stream and have not played it since. But there is okay because the screenshots definitely in some levels were like that terrain you're flying over sure is a checkerboard looking grid. Yeah. And this guy is wearing a jetpack and has a giant gun slung under his arm. So, okay. That's so the here. thing I discovered is, so the main progression of what's in the current campaign is very Star Fox 64. Like it is, you are jumping from planet to planet to asteroid field to planet, and you are flying around 
in a thing that definitely looks like an R-Wing, but yeah. not a legally actionable R-Wing. Mm. Um, yeah, and like the, the the graphics, I mean, it's all just flat shaded polygons, and yeah. out out the box is extremely low resolution. Like it is, it is that mode seven point one. Uh, but yeah, so like the levels are are definitely set up like that style of Star Fox game. But in addition to the various power ups that you collect as you are uh, destroying stuff on the level, uh, there are these hidden data chits that you sort of pick up. And when you collect one of those, that unlocked an act or a, a space harrier stage for me. Oh, it's like a side just, thing? Yeah, as soon as you finish the stage, it just dropped me into a Space Harrier level and had me do play, playing Space Harrier. Okay. Huh. Did it, it play it much play differently? Different? Yeah. yeah. It, it plays like Space Harrier. Like, you, okay. are, you are controlling that, you know, unwieldy gun jetpack thing, and you are, like, there's not really a lock-on. You are just kind of shooting and avoiding, uh, mm. and you are, def- like, again somehow not legally actionable the way that thing animates it is it is so close to be within a range of legal action but it is it is right on the nose there i i wonder what i'm in no way qualified to speak to like whatever precedent exists for copywriting game mechanics i think you can't i can't I shouldn't have, I should not have tried. Here's well, the thing there's I forget stuff, what the deal right? is but like what's that? I wasn't there some stuff like um like uh uh wasn't that interstitial loading? Uh, oh, right. Yes, yes. Okay, yes, of course. Yes, Namco, Namco absolutely had was it copyright or patent. I don't know. I think patent. it's patent because the thing is, like, when I worked at Harmonix, one of the things that Harmonix owned the patent to was the specific style of scrolling lane. Oh, yeah, Like yeah, the kind of half too, yeah. up, you know, like half yeah. down sort of scrolling lane of note charts. And they own the patent on that, and basically they made money off every Guitar Hero game that yeah. was made after them because they use that exact note lane. Yes, I am completely forgetting everything I ever knew. Like, yeah, Namco famously had like the patent on the the, the mini games during load screens. Like, the, it came to light that Monolith applied for a patent on the Nemesis system, yes. and I don't think it's been granted yet. But that still seems to have had a chilling effect on anybody else trying to do that. Hmm. Uh, I bet the gameplay of Star Fox is maybe maybe it's like conceptual mechanics can be patented but not look and feel I don't know yeah I mean this is um I mean Star Star yeah right Star Fox is is not the first game it's, to do yeah, that no yes there's there's nothing really truly unique about the way Star Fox plays and it's obviously not using any of the trade dress elements of like characters or specific art elements <laughs> like it is its own game but it is close <laughs> They sure did just swap some different animals in for those talking head portraits because <laughs> mm-hmm. it sure is just a bunch of space animals going. Duh, 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 duh. But this is like this is very much in that vein uh, we have been talking about a lot recently, where indie developers, especially in the last few years, have seemed to take up the mantle of, well, if you're not going to make one of these, then I'm going to. Sure. Uh, with a lot of dormant franchises, you know, like Future Racing, Golden Eye, like a variety of other things, and Again, this, you know, soon. they're not making Star Fox games right now. Yeah. True. So somebody's got to make them. Yeah, and this is a pretty good one of those, honestly. Like what it's I think my only criticism of it is that I found the boss fights to be pretty easy, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh there was one that I literally beat in 12 seconds because I just launched two bombs at it. <laughs> uh but other but there again, it's early access. They call it like version 0.6 at this point. So I assume there's like a pretty decent content roadmap for this thing coming. And I'm it sure says- they will rebalance some stuff. So it has 12 stages in the final version. Yeah. It's got six six stages plus six bonus levels currently. So 
12, not only 12 stages, but branching paths. I don't yeah. know if you've found any branching paths. In this I have not seen yet. any yet. I'm not sure there are any in this build. Okay, because that's like kind of key to the Star Fox thing to me at this point. Totally. It's also, uh, it's uh, $10. Yes. It's, it's on Steam. It's on Itch. Uh, it's, it's priced to move. It's priced uh, to move, move, and I think it's good quality for what it is. I, I forgot one other thing looking at the trailer on Steam. There's also like hover bike levels, which... Okay, those I haven't seen yet. Okay, I don't know. They may not be in this build yet. I don't mm. know. Also, like, I'm trying to place what game that is in, in the way that the other modes are Star Fox and Space Harrier. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the but other... I'm, but I'm not sure. I'm this, is, this is like on a like a future highway. You're on, like, a hover bike. Yeah. Manx on the highway, TT. Sh- shooting at stuff. I don't know what... Anyway, it's a cool game. It yeah, is it's cool. Neat. It's very evocative. I think yeah. they're, you, they're hitting what they're going for. If you, if you have Star Fox nostalgia, which I don't have a ton of, but... Still, it's very neat that this exists. I have a ton of Star Fox 64 nostalgia and almost none for any of the other ones. Like, I think the Super Nintendo one is a neat thing, but I never really got super into it. Did okay, Brad? You probably can answer this. Did the when the Super Nintendo said the FX chip, what were they referring to? Um, I well, it is a physical chip in the cart. I don't know exactly what the capabilities of it were. I'd have to look. I mean, is that the that chip that up? ran all the Mode Seven stuff? No, the Mode 7 was different. That was Well, Mode 7 is built into the SNES oh, yeah. from day one. And also, that's just sprite-based processing. Like, yeah, Mode 7 is just for scaling and rotation of, of 2D sprites. Right, okay. Star Fox, is, is, Star Fox is literal, actual 3D polygons, but I just don't remember what the FX did exactly. Okay, but that was uh, a cart-based thing, and that was like Stunt Race FX, Star Fox, and like maybe two or three other things had that Wasn't nonsense. Wasn't like Uniracers <laughs> also used that or yeah, something? Yeah, Uniracers is an FX game. Uh, or super effects like the the whole the whole like <laughs> litany of of snes uh coprocessors is 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 fascinating and also something you run into if you mess with a lot of like snes emulation and mm-hmm. also snes particularly like if you use like flash carts and stuff on mm-hmm. real snes hardware or like you have one of the analog like the analog super nt or something like that because like or or what's that hyperkin thing there's you know there's the retro there's I, there's I the retron Retron, yeah. sorry, I was thinking, yes, the Retro is the thing that lets you dump saves. Anyway, like a bunch of those won't let you play games that require some of those chips because they physically don't exist in the hardware, so they right. can't run, right? Yeah. Or they- there are actually, there are some, like the Retron, I want to say, will let you plug in a different cart that has the necessary chip for the game you're trying to play and let it use that, I think. Didn't they build work? some of those flash carts off of the, the, the some like Uber, or like the Ur cart that had a lot of stuff in it. Like, Hey, we built this off know. of this or, or they would use ones that have possible. a lot of RAM or a lot of memory on the cart as well. Like it's possible. I don't, I don't really know that much about it, but I always thought that marketing stuff was extremely funny. Uh, uh, one of, one of these ships, this might be the SA one. One of them is literally just the same CPU that's in the SNES again. And I think it's the, faster this time in the cart. Like they literally just put another processor, that's, like what the SNES runs on in the, in the cart. And I think it's clocked higher. That's amazing. That's so uh, it's cool. pretty. Oh yeah, that is absolutely the case. Yes, it is it's the same chip except at 10 megahertz instead of three. <laughs> but that's not the FX branded. No, stuff. the Super FX. I would have to. I'd have to look up what that did. But it was not a bunch of bullshit. Like like it was certainly it was it was not blast processing. I will say. Are you that. sure nothing is blast processing? It was it was literally a chip on the cart that let it do things the base system could not. Uh. All right. Yeah. Well. That's X-Zodiac. That yeah, is very you don't much... need one of those chips to play X-Zodiac. You just need a basic gaming computer. You're fine. What a time to live in. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, before we take a break. Let's uh, let's jump into another small one here that I'll just mention inside of this break. Um, Space Lines from the Far Out is a game uh, that I saw up on Game Pass. It's something I had remembered from uh, a presentation. I'm not sure if it was at Microsoft. Could have been. It's a game where you can cooperatively play along with uh, uh, some friends or family locally. Uh, I did and try to run a spaced tourist business so you have a ship it's very kind of cutesy almost kerbal-esque looking characters and you you have to upgrade the ship for different situations as you're going it's all inside the ship it's pretty bare bones i would say um Mm -hmm. we only played an hour or so of it and then the kids kind of got bored of it but you're doing things like Buying seats so the passengers stay seated so you can manipulate or you can interact with them. You're managing power within the ship for the different stations you have within your ship because there are obstacles like asteroids and you need the radar to run. There are things like uh, um, you have to power the thing to stop the ship with like the brake basically. So somebody could be managing power while somebody's cleaning up vomit while somebody's trying to get food to the passengers. Gotcha. On paper, I think it sounded a little more fun than I had with it. Thought this would be a really fun thing to play with the kids, but I, th- I think it wound up being a little too bare bones and maybe a little too, a little too hectic at some point for them. Uh, it's you know, it's fifteen bucks if you don't have Game Pass. Space Lines from the Far Out. It's all right. Oh, I was confused because it says free on Steam, but apparently this is not the first. There's the Space Lines from the Far Out colon Flight School on Steam that is free. I wonder, was that like a demo or a... Oh, I don't know. Maybe that like made it an early version. Oh, that came out in February. Yeah, maybe that was like some kind of demo or free trial-ish kind of thing. Okay, yeah, here is the base game, which you're right, is $15. Also, now I remember this because I see the characters and remember thinking like, huh, that is awfully Kerbal. Yeah, they're they're Kerbal. They're really not holding back on that. Yeah, like the upgrade stuff is interesting. Uh, like I said, if you're, it's probably a thing that I would say, watch some videos or if you have game pass to check it out there before dropping 15 bucks on it. Uh, especially if you're looking for something to play with the family, uh, my, my family, my kids kind of bounced off of it and when they like something, they will stick with it for years. Uh, but when they don't, they're kind of in and out. All right. Uh, drop that one in there. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. We're going to talk a little bit about the new map in Hitman 3. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some, uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, when in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. 
Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right. Now, Alex Navarro. Yes. You have jumped into this new map on Hitman. Brad and I have been hands off, trying to keep it fresh. Yes. Rare these days. We have a, a map on Hitman that we haven't touched yeah. yet. Yeah, I was kind of holding, holding that in reserve for to play on video, potentially. I understand. Yes. There's a desire for purity here. So That's I, right. have, I have gone in. I have tested the product for you <laughs> to ensure purity. Is the product pure? What, tell us about this uh, new Hitman map. Okay, so this new map is an island, I'm going to say somewhere in South Asia. I'm not okay. exactly sure where, um, but it is, based on the way it's presented, I think it's supposed to be a thing that kind of takes place in the middle of the Hitman 3 story, but it is kind of detached from everything else. Okay. The, so the setup is the guy, whoever the shadowy fucking big boss looking dude. Uh, from Constant? The, uh, the, no, not the constant, but the guy who, like, hires you yeah, yeah. in Hitman 3 to go and, like, take down Providence and all that other stuff. The guy oh, with the really Lucas, smoky Lucas, voice. Lucas Gray. Yes, him. Yeah. So the, t the main target, one of the main targets in this one, there's two, uh, is a guy that used to work for him that has gone rogue and has started basically a heist crew that does really showy, you know, nasty heists where they don't care about body count. Nasty. And so you're, he's on this island meeting uh, a pirate and her entire cadre to team up to do some kind of, like, tanker heist or something. And your goal is to kill them before, you know, before getting off the island. And so a couple things right out of the gate here. One, you can immediately tell this would, did not get the full weight mm. of IO's development resources into it. Uh, don't tell me that. Well, okay, so here's the thing. The core map mechanics are good. Like, I think the actual setup for the mission, the things you can kind of mess around with on the island to set up, you know, Grim Death uh, <laughs> are generally pretty solid. Like, I, I I played around with it for about an hour la last night and finished it mostly going loud, but, like, I tried a couple of the, you know, like, to see what kinds of pratfalls you could set up, and there would seem like there's some decent options in there. The problem is the... Okay, so... Agent 47, as far as I could tell, in the entire time I was on that map, had one line. And mm -hmm. that one line may have been recycled from something else, because oh it's literally him just saying the name of another character. Interesting. Damn, that's... Like, did it, you finish it? Did you, did you like, fin it? Did you bring it to a conclusion, like, yes. the targets? I took all the targets out, yeah. I did the one optional objective, and I got on a boat and got out of there, so... Wow, that's harsh. Well, and this, you, did, the, you said you did all the optional objectives? Oh, for the, there's the one story main, like mission. There's one that's like you have to stop a satellite uplink okay. from happening. So I did that. Okay. Um, the other thing is the intro cutscene. How do I put this gently? It, they barely animated the faces for it. Like, it's, mm. I, I'm not trying to be mean here. I understand they did not throw a ton. Like, a lot of them are working on the 007 game now. Like, it is not in full development there the way it was before. But it really feels like... 
you know how Hitman 3 felt like it had a little bit of a reserved budget compared to mm-hmm. the other two? This feels reserved even compared to the other Damn. stuff in the Hitman 3 campa- campaign. That kind of hurts. Like, that's kind of been the story of that whole trilogy. Like, you know, since they put all the content under one roof, it's very easy to go back and look. I'm like, if you go look at the cutscenes for the first Hitman. Yeah. And then even compare those to two and then to three, like, there is a very obvious, like, regression from, like, the first game's got very nice, full CG, full animated, like, yes. just lavish. And then, like, they did some motion graphic kind of still image storytelling stuff that worked well stylistically. But, like, yeah, it's it's been obvious that the budget has tightened over the course of those games and whatever. I mean, they're still very good. Yeah, the main place it's felt in gameplay is that there are no mission stories in this map. Like, you know, you're just kind of left to your own devices to explore and find stuff. But like there and, you know, there's like incidental dialogue with characters, you know, in the background, you know, like you'll hear guards talking about stuff and that will give you intel and whatever. But like the straight up mission story, like mechanic thing is just not there. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you don't think you just weren't weren't overhearing them or? No, I was overhearing them. Like, I mean, there's one where they're like. There is a thing you overhear that lets you know how to get both, uh, like, it gives you a way to get both those characters into the same place. Mm-hmm. But it is, there's no thing that pops up that's like, mission story found, or anything like that. It's huh. really just like, okay, you have that intel, you can just go do that. Okay. Is there is there any Diana Burnwood? In the beginning, yes, and she does a little bit of narration elsewhere. Um, yeah, it's her and Lucas talking in the intro, but, like, mm. Agent 47 doesn't say shit. So I did look it up. It seems like this is supposed to take place before the Hitman 3 events. Okay, so it's before. All right. Yeah. Uh, Ambrose Island. Yeah. I mean, ironically, the thing I want the most is the least quote-unquote important, which is just the the ambient stupid dialogue, (laughs) like the really dumb, intentionally goofy writing in the conversations you run into as you roam around. Like, as long as there's that. Yeah, there is. I don't I don't need like main narrative stuff so much, so maybe that's okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I found a huge volume of it, but it was definitely there and like there's a fair amount of voice acting from the two targets. So like they did hire voice actors for this. They just did not bring back, it seems like the guy who does 47 to really say anything during this. Um and yeah, there's a couple of neat environmental little things. I didn't end up doing it because when I by the time I got there it said the fight has already started. But there is a there's like a beachfront bar area where it appears that you can get into a competitive slap fight. Okay. Like the okay. ones you've seen perhaps on various like viral videos of like hulking Russian dudes just slapping each other across the face as hard as they can. The, the, that it. is in there somewhere. I don't know how it plays into the mission, but I would I'm going to find out. Uh I'm looking forward to it. Did you find any new weapons? I didn't find any new weapons. I mean, okay. I did. I did clobber some people with some driftwood I found around, but uh, most of what weapon. I saw seemed to be most of the same stuff. Okay, I know there is some new stuff in there sprinkled about uh, when I was reading the previews for it. Interesting. Look, That's it plays like a decent Hitman map. I would not call it one of the best, but I certainly wouldn't call it the worst. It just feels like it doesn't have as many of the trappings around the edges as like the main maps got. Okay, I'll, I'm still looking forward to playing it, but Same here. let's say let's say expectations managed. Yeah, it um, is free, also, right? Like if you own Hitman Three, they're just I think they just released it. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think the map is I've, free. I have I have so completely lost track of like what the packages are for that thing. Because, There's so like, many. Like Hitman Three came out, and then a year later they did the just kind of Hitman trilogy package, and 
they, you know, they, they announced a bunch of year two stuff they weren't originally planning to do until the game was such a success. So like that stuff came later and like I, the freelancer mode is still happening <laughs> presumably at some point, which is the thing I really want. I think that's all free, right? All of that stuff. Uh, Ambrose is, that, is, is free, but I is think, that right? Okay. I think so. Uh, maybe that was just kind of priced into the cost of this trilogy pack they put out when it launched on steam. Yeah. That freelancer stuff is still supposed to be this year, right? I got delayed they, to the back. They half. delayed it. Yeah. It was supposed to be out by now-ish. I want to say, uh, okay. oh, spring, it was even supposed to be out in spring, but just, just second half of this year is what they're saying. Now that's the like roguelike kind of mode where you're going to have like a home mm-hmm. base to mm-hmm. decorate and train in and unlock stuff in. And that sounds cool. Are, do you know if there's any other maps on the roadmap, or is it just... I don't think so. Okay. I this one was kind it. of a surprise, I think, for a lot of people when they first announced it. I don't think that anyone was really expecting more map content. I, I swear they just announced this one map. I could never say never, I guess. Yeah. But... Okay. Listen, you have to look at the roadmap again. I Listen, I man, that roadmap has a lot of twists and turns on it, so... <laughs> Ambrose Island. Mm-hmm. Available now. It is fine. It's it's more Hitman if you want more Hitman. And I do, in fact, actually want more Hitman. So I still I, had fun with I it. Never don't want more Hitman. Yeah. 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 We'll have to uh, check it out. Yeah. All right. Moving on from Hitman. Uh, Brad, let's talk about this 86 box. That's, man, like, it's not exactly a game, but it's, like, all I want to talk about and what I spent most of my weekend messing with. It is games. Is it so, a, a Hitman? It, 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 <laughs> 86 box is from the perspective of somebody who wants to play games, specifically old computer games. It serves the same utility as DOS box uh-huh. uh, in that you can run old DOS software on it. Yes. The key difference is that DOS box is like kind of it's, it's recreating its own fake DOS compatible OS. Like it's, it's making its own DOS basically. Right. What 86 box does is emulate from the hardware, from the BIOS and CPU level on up, old computers, like every piece of old computers. Right. So, so in that case, in that case, you are installing actual DOS and actual Windows on a virtual computer. So you're, it is creating the environment to then put the actual software on. Yeah, it's so the hardware configurations are so insanely customizable and specific. <laughs> like when you boot this thing up, it just presents you this giant list of options on the left that start with machine and then display, input devices, sound, storage controllers, hard disks, floppy and CD-ROM drives. You go down this list and there are a bunch of drop-downs and you literally spec out a fake machine out of real parts. Mm. Like, it's all real. Like, they've dumped the ROMs for, like, all these old BIOSes, for all these old graphics cards. Like, every sound blaster you can think of is in there. And you literally, like, go to machine, start, like, it... It boots a literal 8088 IBM PC. The IBM personal computer, when you fire it up for the first time, it just boots an IBM PC and like dumps you into into like IBM Basic or whatever it is. So you're just stuck out of prompt and you've got to go you've got to go get the software for by whatever means. So like well yeah, so but first you have to spec out the kind of machine you want. So like I'm 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 in here in the machine tab and it's literally like you literally start from like, hey, what kind of socket do you want? Hmm. Like, do you want a do you want a 386 socket? Do you want socket 4, socket 5, socket 7, which is where Pentium started coming in? Like, you literally pick the socket for the CPU you want. Then it gives you this huge list of motherboards, like real motherboards. <laughs> like, I, like I, I configured a Sony Vio Pentium at one point and booted it up, and sure enough, 
Sure enough, I got the like Sony BIOS splash screen. Wow, for wild this, for this for this mid '90s VIO, but it's like there's all these compacts in here. Like it's 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 a trip down like memory lane. It's this nostalgia trip. It is like if you were an extremely cool person like me in the '90s mm-hmm. and bought lots of lots of copies of PC World and Computer Shopper and stuff, so you could ogle all the computer hardware you wish you could afford. It's like wish fulfillment and window shopping because it's like. I mean, I'm in here on the Socket 7 list of motherboards right now, and there's like Acer and Asus and Sony Vio, Aopen, Biostar. Is these names ringing anybody's bell? Any bells? Sure. A couple of yes. them. Here's here is a Packard Bell machine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think um, I think we might have had a Packard Bell at one point. Like a bunch of a bunch of like defunct old motherboard makers, like Abit, and I don't think Soyo is still around either. But like all these names that you knew from the '90s, and it's like you pick a motherboard, then it's like, do you want a Pentium? Do you want a Pentium MMX in there? Like, you know, they, they've got all these AMD chips and Cyrix chips, not just Intel. Like, it's fuck, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, I've picked the Pentium MMX here now. It's like, here are all the speeds those came in. Which one do you want? How much memory do you want to put in here? Which, considering when I got into computers, memory was $50 a megabyte. Mm. There's something really thrilling about putting 64 megabytes of memory in this Pentium machine. Do they um, support up to, does it support 64? Like yeah, the, apparently. I, okay. mean, I put it in there and it booted. So and that's the thing. Like everything works like you expect it to. Like you, you spec out one of these machines and boot it. Yeah. And then it boots like it's literally exactly the machine because it's running that code. Like it's running the BIOS from that machine. So you get the post screen you would expect. Like it rings up the memory. Like you go into the BIOS menu and it's exactly what it should be. So did you get Windows up on it? Yeah. So, but I mean, there's a bunch of other intermediate steps there because like, Okay, so I for a graphics card, it was like there's like literally probably about a hundred graphics cards in here. You have a monster like, voodoo. So it will do up to a voodoo three. It will do three DFX huh. cards from a voodoo one to a voodoo three. Okay, this thing needs a lot of CPU. Okay, so on I'm I need to build a new desktop. I've been putting this thing off because I knew that it needs a lot of kind of CPU grunt to do anything. Okay, um, I've been able to run. So a Pentium 200 MMX, I started seeing some minor slowdowns. Like it's got a little counter at the top, basically saying like, "Hey, you're at 100 percent speed right now." Um, I see. Okay. At, at a, at a, I'm, I'm on a 7700K, so it's a, a bit older. And like in Windows on a Pentium 200, it was like, "Oh, you're at 95. You're at 90 percent speed now." And I was like, "Okay." So I took it down to a Pentium 166. But, <laughs> um, yeah, like you're in this list of video cars, and it's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm going to install this Diamond Stealth 32." Remember Diamond? Yes, I, I had a Diamond Stealth. Uh, did you really? Yeah. So, dude, I mean, there's endless lists of, like, Cirrus Logic and S3 and, like, you name it, ATI, Trident, like, every fucking wow. video card from the <sighs> 90s you can think of. And when you do this, then it's on you to go out, like you said. Find and all the I drivers. Had to, I had to track down the literal actual drivers from Ugh. 95-ish, probably, when that card was new. <laughs> See, there and is- I also I also went to archive.org and got DOS 622 install disks and, like... It is it is a hundred percent exactly what you remember. The only difference is there is no physical hardware to put your hands this on. This is like, marvelous. fucking crazy. So some of it is is exciting to me. Some of it brings me back to the dark times of then having to get configure the drivers I, and make I, sure everything works. So I went through yes, I went through a little bit of that. And then I was like, Oh wait a minute, this is actually the fun part. Uh, <laughs> At first I was like, oh, I just want to play some games and then I was like, Oh wait a minute. So like I had to remember I had to go find C D ROM drivers. And remember how to set up a CD-ROM 
in yeah. DOS, and like I had to go find. I put in a I put in an all sixty four sound nice. blaster. All 64. Oh, be upgrade, nice. Put put the good one in. Um, but yeah, like you gotta you got to remember or like uncover how to set up things like like a CD ROM and a mouse in your auto exec dot bat and stuff like that. Um, and it's like wild to see some of the preservation stuff that's going on because like you know in in DOS you need a mouse driver like DOS, like mice don't work in DOS right. And so there's a thing called Cute Mouse, which is a like modern open source mouse driver for DOS that basically supports like every old mouse protocol, like serial mouse, PS2 mouse, stuff like that. So it's like in some cases you're going out and getting modern drivers that people are writing right now for old DOS hardware to kind of keep this stuff alive. Like it's so crazy. And, and so anyway, yeah, like after hours of tracking down drivers and setting everything up, like when I finally rebooted and it's like oh my god the cd-rom works the mouse works like <laughs> like i've got general midi going like in a 90 did you get a like windows 95 on there i i had uh i've i have not installed windows 95 yet i've only done dos and win 311 okay but like i 100 percent had that exact same neurochemical hit when <laughs> when the when all that hardware worked in dos that i had back in the 90s of like holy shit i actually set all this up right <laughs> like, holy shit i can read a cd now Man, it's so awesome. It is just anyway. I want to check it out. I definitely like. So I, I like the idea that this is specifically targeted at this stuff instead of something like VMware or VirtualBox, where you're, you're kind of shoehorning some of those older machines on there. I've had some trouble with compatibility issues on, on in those programs and VirtualBox. VirtualBox has been pretty good. VMware, I've, I've had a little more trouble with. Uh, you know, DOSBox kind of runs just fine for a lot of it. I like that there's a dedicated thing that is hyper-specific to these uh, uh, models here. And, you know, theoretically, if it does what it's supposed to do, it should ensure 100% compatibility with any old software. Like, like if you really want to make sure you can play your old Windows games and even 3D stuff, like I said, it'll go up to a Voodoo 3 and, like, it tops out at a Pentium 2 Xeon. Mm. So, like, you're basically getting hardware that's, like, close to the turn of the century. Okay. On on a beefy modern PC, you kind of don't need to buy a retro PC if you set this thing up. And well, trusting that the emulation is working, bro. That's what well. I mean. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, but but, but so <laughs> when you set it up and run it, it's like, hey, you need a bunch of ROMs that we don't provide. You need to go get those, <laughs> okay? Because yeah. it's all the ROMs for the different like motherboard BIOSes and video card mm. BIOSes and all that stuff that is copyrighted. Yeah, so it is running all that old code, right? Um. And and the other thing that this does that DOSBox does not is that's just DOS. Like this is just a computer ass computer. So you can install OS two on this. You can install BOS or that x86 version of Next Step that came out. Like you can get all these old operating systems and run it on there. I mean, it's, it's so damn cool. That is neat. I want to check it out. I saw they had a Linux build for it as well. Yeah, it's uh, cross platform. It's on Mac OS. It's on everything. So is it making? Um a virtual drive for each machine you make? Like it's, a, does it give you like, Hey, how big do you want to make a hard drive? Yes. Like a VDI yes. or something. And you actually, it, like it will automate some of this for you. But like when you go to make a hard drive, it's not just, Hey, how big do you want this thing to be? It is like, let me just pull it up here. It's like, like how many cylinders are in this uh, thing? How many sure. heads and yeah, sectors? Yeah. Okay. Does like, it give you templates? You need to, you can, there is a drop down where you, you, you basically just pick a size and it'll fill all that stuff in for you. Okay. Um, but you have to like, you have to manually specify the IDE channels and yeah. then go into the BIOS of your fake computer and, and line those up to make it actually detect them. Ugh. Can okay. you get IRQ conflicts through this? Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like when I set up my sound blaster, I had to give it the, 
uh, you know, I had to get the, the, the IRQ, the, the DMA, DMA address, um, the port number, the whole thing. Wow. Like it, wow. it is fully virtualized. As yeah. far as I can tell, it is absolutely a hundred percent that experience. And like, yes, it's a pain in the ass to set all that stuff up. But again, the nice thing is assuming this thing works as advertised, it will run literally anything from that era. Well, and again, this is the like, kind of thing that accurately. is built specifically for people who are willing to endure that pain in the ass to ensure that they get the right experience. Right. Right. And because I have got to play Gabriel Knight one <laughs> in the most authentic way humanly possible, short of going and buying an old 486, ah, uh, which is like, literally that's the reason I got into this was like, <laughs> we're, we're nearing the end of this Gabriel Knight two playthrough. And I was like, I should get take Gabriel Knight one running. And then it was like, you know what? Why don't I just build an old computer to do so? Uh, now I can tell tremendous. you, so, so far I have mostly spent my time playing Windows 311 Solitaire. <laughs> nice. Very which good. Which I can, after 30 years, I can say confidently, cheats. Oh, cheats. How so? What do you think? I, they, I, whatever. I just, just got a bunch of losing hands in a uh-huh. row before I finally won. That card would have been different if you hadn't clicked that's, on it. That's, that's right. When it flips over. That's right. That's neat. I, uh, it is It is so awesome. I kind of want to spin one up and check it out. I didn't realize it needed uh, um, so much horsepower, but that makes sense. If it's kind of brute forcing its way through a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, uh, you're definitely you're on a much newer computer than I am, so you should be able to do more. Yeah. Like, you could probably do 3E. You could probably at least do Voodoo 1 level stuff. Voodoo 1. Um, Does it, It's all CPU bound? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and it, and it runs on a single thread, so you basically need, like... You need a CPU that is that has very fast like single core performance. All right, to get to get the best out of it. But like, I'm just I'm very excited to have like what is basically just a fully functional general old computer now. Now we can play any old game you can think of that might just be sitting there on archive.org. I still have the receipt for my Packard Bell. Maybe I'll try and recreate wow. that. Um, that one. You really do like, just save all the receipts, don't you? Uh, yeah, from the '90s on up. That's you never know where you're going to get audited. You know. Uh, if the no, IRS like is the coming at you for your Packard Bell purchase, then man, I don't know what's going on anymore. It's like the first computer I owned, so I I wound up just keeping it. It's got a special place in my heart, so I'll, I'll like see if I can uh, make that computer. Hey, hey, did you ever have a zip drive? I didn't, but I do now. I've got one. I've got one like, within, within twenty feet of me. Like like I never got a zip drive, but I thought they were cool, and now I have put a virtual one in here and went and got the drivers for it. You'll never need more than a hundred megabits uh, megabytes uh, of storage. Have not have not run into a conventional memory problem yet, because I it's because I load all of my drivers high. Nice, you're high man. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, like like uh, yeah, I I need to get Gabriel Knight installed before we finish two, just just so you can experience the Tim Curry magic. Yes. Does it need like a QuickTime installed? Is it? Is there? Are yeah, there that should movies? be you know like it, whatever the game needs, it should be in there. I mean, like it's probably not the podcast for it. I could ramble about this all goddamn day, like. Apparently Diamond, I didn't realize Diamond have, was like writing their own uh, like driver control panels in Windows back in that era. Ridiculous. The card that I had did not do that, but I can like set true color mode right there in Windows in the Diamond panel. Yeah, I get that anyway. Doctor display display doctor uh, thing to get the all the colors, all yes. the colors. Also, if anybody really wants to go deep on this thing, I'll stop now. But uh, WinWorldPC.com has got ISOs for every old operating system you could possibly think of. Ooh. So I have got I've got installers for like BOS four and five, like every version of OS two. Do they have like keys? They, they've got oh there were no keys back then. Oh, oh, this think, is like I think Windows two thousand was the first Windows that needed authentication, if I'm not mistaken. 
I could Windows, be wrong about Windows this. 95 needs a key. Does it? For sure, yeah. They're, huh. Windows 95 and 98, I'm pretty sure, need keys. Man, I had completely forgotten about that. I don't thing. think 3.1 does. 3.1 absolutely does yeah, not. Yeah. Um, um, 3.1 is for the people. Uh, but right. I, I don't think those things are hard to find. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> They're not exactly phoning home. <laughs> right, exactly. I think I, I want to say 95, 98 need keys at install. And then after that, I don't know about 2000, but I feel like after that, they let you install the operating system and then you could put the key in after. Like uh, some of them wouldn't let you progress until you had the key in. That's right. It's because you know if they're just if they're giving you the operating system for free, then you're the product. You are the product. Well, Windows is still charging for their. Windows still wants me to put eleven in every time I boot up this machine. I refuse. I will never put eleven in no. until I put eleven in. No, I finally I, installed the thing that allows me to get eleven on the BIOS, and I uh, will never actually install eleven. You will. No, it'll just happen someday. You just won't even I think know. It's, it. I think it's okay. I've not used it myself, but I think that it's fine. That's the thing. I don't need a thing that's fine. I need a thing that just works the way I'm used to. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think I think it's pretty much there at this point. Also, Windows 12, not that far away. Yeah. Is, that, is that true? If if reports are to be believed, yes. Now that's ridiculous. To, uh, they are going to an annual release cadence. Wait, well, is it like that- every year? So the, I, it's going to be a major version every year, but they're only going to iterate the number every other. So I think it would be Windows 12 next year. Okay. According to this plan that is just rumored, it's not confirmed, but it would be like a major feature update on the off years. Okay. My thing with that stuff is they, they just keep trying to add in things that I don't, well, at least that I don't believe I want. Maybe I really, maybe they know better than I do, but I'd, a lot of hooks in there that are like, hey, man, we'll put all this tracking stuff in there to help you customize mm-hmm. it to your way. It's like, I really, it's not what I'm interested in. But then that's what I said about that temperature widget that I still have going on over here. What if we, what if you paid us every month for office? Yeah. Or, you know, the, it's, you know, spell check through the power of us looking at through your documents, we'll know when you're about to spell a word wrong because we know what you're about to write. Also, what if we use that information to sell you the things that you're writing about? Also, what if every, all that stuff ran in the cloud for some reason? What, what, if, what if everything was a subscription? What if they... What if? What if? What if? OS 12. 86 box. It, it, it ended at 3.1. It was the mm-hmm. last great operating system. That's right. That's right. That's all you need. All downhill uh, that's why. That's why I haven't set up Windows 95 because like... Even that is not pure enough for me. <laughs> like, I need to run these old adventure games on the operating system for which they were intended. All right. Uh, I look forward to seeing your 86 box running. I'm going to try it out at some point uh, and put a version on here as well. Like, I, I am not joking. Like, literally, the nostalgia hit the first time I rebooted a machine with a new config and saw the same award BIOS post screen that I grew up with. That's pretty intense. Like, like, like you will, it, it fucking rules, man. Did you it's have so a hard awesome. time finding those BIOS ROMs uh, out there? They link you to a place where they are very okay. easy to get. Okay, you didn't have to do too much but like they, digging they, in they the just, dark corners. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing legally they just can't actually be installed or okay. included in the in the actual program. Look, itself. you just got to go to the room in the back with the saloon doors. You walk through there. They got all the operating systems you want. And they, then, they they link you to a GitHub repo and then tell you where to put the files. It's really not that big a deal, but it, it is a step because there is legality. And they do not there. charge for eighty six box. No, no, it's an open source project. It's okay. actually a fork of PCM. Okay. PC emulator, I think, is what that is short for. All right. Uh, so it's it's been around in various forms for a while, but my understanding is that eighty six box is getting updated more often now. 
86 uh, works, works great on a MacBook as well. I can tell mm. you, like it's, you could you could slap your VHD files, your virtual hard drives on like a network share. Oh man, and and run the same fake computer on every machine in your house. Now you're just trying to summon the devil. You're putting Windows 3.1 on a Mac. That's just that I did it. I quite literally. Ain't natural. I quite literally full screened Windows 3.1 on this fancy new MacBook I've got, and like turned to my girlfriend and was just like, "Hey, look at this old solitaire on this new computer. How awesome is this?" Burst into flames. Oh, it was the best. I'm uh, easily amused. <laughs> Eighty six bucks. Uh, Brad, how is your Horizon Forbidden West journey going? Any updates? Fine. It's fine. Yeah, any news from the wilds? Uh, not a ton. I'm mm. still playing, still playing the game, still doing side quests. I, I kind of wish they would resist when they send you to a new place to do a story-related beat. Also, populating that area with a bunch of green exclamation marks the second you finish that quest. You know what I mean? It's like, are you sent me here on an errand that I need to do to move the main story along? Oh, I'm kind of eager to go back and do the next thing in that, like the next step in that chain. <laughs> Oh, wait, you just popped three new side quests right here. You need like a focus, mo- focus, focus. Uh, you need like a, I'm doing a mission mode. And I feel compelled to at least go pick them all up before I leave. It's just, mm. it's just too much, man. There are lots of them. It's just too much. Uh, uh, have you gotten any new abilities that have opened oh, up? Oh, so okay. I like, okay, like minor, minor horizon spoilers. Not really. We've kind of talked about this stuff. Like you're trying to go find all the subordinate functions for Gaia, yeah. like these computer programs that also like talk and are embodied somehow Mm -hmm. in the sense that they all flew across the landscape. Anyway, you have to go find them. Uh, I finally went and did like the quest line to get one of those and got it and went and plugged it back into Gaia. And then I didn't get a new ability. And I was like, yeah, I was worried you'd hit that one. Yeah. But, and here is where the very minor spoiler comes in. You're looking for three of them because I think you've got like, what is it? Two. I think you've got two to start. Three of them are lost, (laughs) presumed lost forever. I went and got one of them, plugged it in, and then immediately got a signal from one of the ones that was presumed lost. So it was like, oh, wait, we thought we were never going to find that one again. Now it's trying to contact us. And it's like, fuck. (laughs) Find one subordinate function, and then another one gets added to the list. (laughs) I like the game, but it feels like it is never going to end. It does never end. No, it, 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 it goes. And I was affronted when, because the other two subordinate functions I haven't gotten yet are very clearly like, okay, that's going to be the rebreather. Mm-hmm. that's going to be the metal flower thing mm-hmm. in terms of the abilities you get. It's like, okay, I know what I'm going to get out of those two. This other one I suspect, but I don't know. Yeah. And then I got nothing. I was like, God damn it. Why am I even playing a video game? If you're not going to give me a reward. I'm, I'm, I feel like I had that same feeling on the, one of the ones I did as well. I think it was probably the same one. Um, yeah. I'm like, Oh, I, we, you didn't give me, I didn't get the candle. I, right. how am I? Right. Yeah. Like, where's my boomerang? God yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's I, I, it's I'm guessing, funny that, I'm, I'm, that I'm game guessing speeds if, up. Okay, I'm guessing if I go answer that signal, the mysterious signal that showed up the second I did this quest, that maybe that'll close the loop and I'll get a thing. Maybe I don't know. There's a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> That's a, like, there's a lot in that game. Yeah, uh, but it does speed up at some point. It escalates and speeds up at some point. But it when I thought. When I was where you were, I thought I had X amount of hours left, and I did not. I probably had X times three left, or X times two. Jeez. Um, I haven't looked at my save file. I bet I'm probably pushing like 40 hours at this point. Yeah, it's it's a dense game. It's I, uh, I just, I've got the disease where I can't just like filter out all the side quest icons and just mm. do the story, though. Like, I've got to see what else is there. 
at least picking them up, you'll kind of know what you're in for. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of them are kind of fetch quests. I, I don't remember too many of them being complete letdowns. Like I said, so that Horizon has some of my favorite side quest stuff going on. Even though it, it, it there is a lot of it, I think on the average, it's pretty good because there's so much of it. Oh, the other thing real quick. I've got, I got my first base upgrade. Okay. And by upgrade, I mean there are more people hanging out there now and they've sure. decorated it. Yeah. Because it's very bland when you first get your base, but then this is the first time where I've been back and like two new friends are now hanging out there and also they've put candles everywhere, which makes it look really nice. And like, <laughs> yeah. plant, like, like added some potted plants or something. <laughs> like straight up walk into that place and like two of the people I have encountered on my travels are now just hanging out in there and they're all like doing stuff together. Yeah. Like strong Mass Effect Normandy vibes oh, as soon as I went yeah. back in there. Like strong. I was like, oh man. Welcome to oh, Horizon yeah. Cribs. I Make need sure. I I need a new Mass Effect game, god damn it. Like there it's like you're you're one step away from recruiting party members and doing loyalty missions at a certain uh, point. You definitely are gonna do their loyalty missions. Okay, that's that's that is exciting to hear then. I got the I got the Tanakh guy who's missing uh-huh. an arm. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. I, I love that guy. Like he is like there are some really entertaining characters in this thing. You will he has a loyalty mission and the the, the woman who tends the um land gods also okay. has a loyalty mission i think everybody does yeah uh, like i like it's just maybe it's just like lingering fondness for mass effects 2 but there's yeah. this kind of like assembling your squad thing this is absolutely that game which is awesome uh and they're good missions uh they, I, I think they're i think they those are good like mass effect so loyalty mission stuff arguably the more interesting character development than the the a plot Sure. Now, the most important question when you finish these missions, do you unlock a new outfit for said character? Uh, boy, I, I don't remember specifically. I don't want to give any spoilers away. Mm, so, okay. Um, by, by guessing. Uh, as Horizon Forbidden West. Horizon Forbidden West. Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. The other game Every that week. came out in February 2022 uh elden ring yeah so i've got i think i'm about i'm about level six i'm higher than 60 so i'm level 60 plus and i have about 50 hours in elden ring now uh did you get another sizable weekend chunk uh i've got smaller hits in there and um this game is just absorbing all of my time at this point i am i am full on with um the wiki open uh next to me hunting down talismans and crystal tears and um debating whether i want to respect my character or <sighs> use a different weapon or not and that this might be my favorite souls game uh okay. out, out of all of them you're not the mm-hmm. first person i've heard say that i think it, i think the story is convoluted as you would expect but it is still interesting I've watched some lore videos. Mm-hmm. I've watched, I've tried to make some sense of it. There's stuff that is happening around me that I want to go back and figure out why it's happening. You know, you'll stumble across side characters moving from location to location. And it's hard for me without a lore video to sometimes follow the string it along. It's really interesting though. The, there are so many bosses. There may be arguably too many boss encounters. But it feels rewarding, and it dump, they always dump a large amount of souls on you. So that's mm-hmm. always good too. I'm now in the range where I need, you know, t- you know, twenty you to thirty need a lot, right? Yeah, thirty thousand per level. 
So when I'm losing, you know, 10,000 souls, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm free from that burden. Let's mm-hmm. just go. I'm just going to go somewhere else. I'm just, or, or I can, now I can run this thing like I want to run it and not be super careful every single time. Like all of those um, dungeons with the chariots, trying yeah. to figure out how to take on those chariots and stuff. It's, it's awesome. It's, like there's so much in that game. It's so dense. The world is so dense. It's frustrating, like a Souls game should be, but I'm not having, I'm not getting stuck anywhere particular because I'm I'm still able to just move on to a different part if I get stuck and mm-hmm. just go somewhere else. No, again, that is the that is the triumph of that game is that it finally knocked the thing out of me that always prevented me from ever getting very far in any of those games, which is that you have options in front of you. Yeah, are, there's. Are, are, you, are you seeing a lot of repeats? Um, like, I'm like seeing my, some. Okay, yeah, like that was kind of brought me back down to earth a little bit when I was playing it. Of like, I, I, I want to say it was the thing of the two giants like dragging, pulling a big carriage down yeah. a road, which the first time I saw was like, holy shit, what is that? And then I think they do that again at some point. And then it eventually I was like, okay, they are serializing some of the content in this game. Like, it's not magic. There's like reskinned bosses that since uh, where you'll get like a ghost version of this boss, or here's the same kind of enemy type but with a helmet on, or basically here's just just the same t- enemy type again that they put a new name on. Uh, but sometimes that stuff, lore wise, I find interesting. Oh, why is this thing here and similar? Why are there multiple versions of these people carrying this cargo across the land? And and that can be interesting in its own right. The land also in the open world is interesting because you wind up retreading ground a lot that you've been through and going back there way powered up is very fun in a Souls game. So now be on horseback and take all these things down. That gave you such trouble with one swing of your sword. Uh, I mean, you feel like the biggest, you know, you feel like the asshole from all those medieval movies just running through with your sword out, just like taking a swipe at somebody and killing them as you're just running through the land to your next objective. But they probably deserve. It. I don't know. They're who can they, say? they could. Yeah, who can who say? Could say really? Who could Still say? on the blood fang. I'm thinking about switching to meaning the uh, was it the Uchika, Uchikatana? The U- Uchikatana is the yeah. classic. So I've got uh, two of them. I've seen a lot sword. of people say a uh, uh, dual wielding those is pretty awesome. I just dumped a bunch of smithing stones into one of them to get it to plus something something. Now. That's separate from the Moonvale Katana, correct? Do you have one of those? No, I do not have that. Okay, like that's when when everybody we know was playing that game hot and heavy. That was the thing I heard about constantly. So it's interesting looking up guides because I have to double check the guide sometimes to make sure it's on the latest patch because I know they've done a lot of... Um, a lot of rebalancing. Uh, yeah, a lot of rebalancing. Um, for sure. I'm one step away, and this is exciting for me in the ring, Elden Ring space, of upgrading that Blood Fang to the... The next upgrade will get it to a, go from a, I think a C to a B on the scaling, and that's a that's a huge one. I'm a, I'm going mostly Dex. I've put some points into Faith to get some buffs, and um, it's 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 depressing as hell. Every uh-huh. quest has ended with something horribly depressing. Uh, the world I think is really interesting, and I think like I said at the top, it's maybe my favorite Souls uh, uh, Souls experience. I fell off of Dark Souls three. Demon Souls I really liked, 1 and 2, Dark Souls I really liked. I fell right off of Bloodborne, didn't enjoy it. I think it was um, just not my style of gameplay. But this one I, I really dig. And everything, there are points in that game that I feel like 
I am just doing a preparatory run for a new game plus mm-hmm. because there's so much in that game. Some stuff I don't think I'm locked out of too much, but it feels like some stuff I'm just I'm not absorbing as much as I want to, and I would need to do another run to get as much stuff. And I've seen some people say that as well. Um, I forget which Dark Souls it was. There was one of them I wound up buying on the PC just so I could mod myself into God mode so I could see everything. Uh, and I forget, I can't remember which one. Maybe, maybe I don't think it was three because I don't remember finishing that one. But I don't remember which ones came out of PC in a timely manner. That was like um, I know there was some weird PC stuff with the the Souls games for a while. Two two was out on PC much closer to release. Okay, so maybe one it was had that two. weird one had that weird situation of games for Windows Live and yes. like there were things about the PC port that were not great, etc. It could have been one or two, but that was after I had beaten it on the consoles and stuff. It was nice to just go in and one hit the bosses and then just try and do all the weird side quests to wrap everything up without having to have any skills because I'm I'm still not great at that game, but I, I think I am leveling past where I, it can compensate for my skill. Yeah, I know there are going to be bosses where that's not going to happen. There are some bosses I've already read that have people have said this is the toughest boss in a Souls genre that I'm not looking forward to trying, but I think... I think I'm close to being able to initiate the end game sequences. Huh. Uh, and, and if Whether I don't touch any more. Whether you should or not is another question. Yeah, yeah. But. Well, I think I'm getting pretty close there. I've, um, I've got at least two or three of the great runes, and they have said go to the Erd Tree, and I've explored some of there. Now, there might be other barriers in, in place, but I think I could start that stuff. But I'm still still having a good time exploring around. Um, I, I always forget that you bounced off Bloodborne like for some reason. Yeah. Like we're we're like the complete opposite. Like Bloodborne <laughs> is the only one of their games that I have actually finished entirely of my own volition and not like related to yeah. content. Bloodborne is the one I got the furthest in prior to this one. Something about Bloodborne, I just didn't click with me. Um, I, I just um, I tried bounce, going back to it a couple of times and it never quite clicked. I, I like that sure none of us said Sekiro. Sekiro, also I, I, res- I respect that game. I think that was, that was more like get good commitment than I was willing to make. Same. You know, Bloodborne and Sekiro both have, I, I like Sekiro. Did I finish Sekiro? I could not finish Sekiro. They both Nobody had, has finished Sekiro. It's impossible. You would, I think you would definitely remember if you had. I, I should check where I left off. I, I remember getting pretty far. Sekiro and Bloodborne reward aggressive play style more than yes. turtling. Uh, yes. And that's just, it, uh, you know, traditionally I am a kind of, you're a turtle. Uh, I'm a turtle. I'm a sword and board kind of player, and, and I'm trying to be, I'm trying to push more into dexterity builds on on Elden Ring, but I still keep a sword, a shield in my hand because it's, uh, you know, just how I play. So, you know, Sekiro and Bloodborne. I think Bloodborne also had recover health, right? If you get if, if you take yes. some damage, you could recover your health. Yeah. Um, you know, it 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 really rewarded that style of play, and I think Elden Ring makes room for that style of play but allows you to be a defensive player as well. If you want, if you you know want to learn how to parry and you want to learn how to, you know, just tank up, um, you can get there and it, it, it's okay. Also, Elden Ring has all the summons and you know, the, the, the ashes you can bring in. There's a lot of support there. I I'm feeling in Elden Ring for my style. All right. I'm sure we'll have more Elden Ring, uh, as we kind of move through the August release calendar. <laughs> Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll come, we'll come back to it. But for now, that's Exodiac Hitman Three Space Lines from the far outs. Some eighty six box talk 
Horizon Forbidden West, and Elden Ring. Those are some good games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are some good games this year. And uh, we're going to go take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the news. So stick around. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. What what are you doing on that vacation there? Hmm? I I had to access my GitHub account, Uh and I was doing some coding, and then I I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer! Likely story. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's fast enough. That's what they all say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know it. they didn't know a damn thing. It says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN expressvpn.com slash nextlander thanks expressvpn all right we are now back and it is time to see what is happening around us in the news and brad shoemaker not too too much this week really not a lot going on here at all this week but hey that's why we have an email address Mm -hmm. it's true podcast at nextlander.com thank you some details floating around about the next Tomb Raider, which was a good reminder for me that the Embracer group has acquired Tomb Raider, mm. which I had like 100% forgotten about. Please, they have embraced it. Despite that having happened like, what, less than three months ago? I had forgotten about it as well until you brought it up just now. I completely forgot that Embracer bought Crystal Dynamics, IDOS Montreal, and all those IP. Um, seems like this is coming out of the voice casting, the, the script. Uh, there's some some details floating around about what the next Tomb Raider is going to be, which they're in production on, or at least pre-production, because probably Crystal not anytime D, soon. Crystal D has been talking about it a little bit. Uh, it sounds like there's going to be some kind of group adventure thing going on in the new one. That it's going to be like Lara Croft and like like a team, hmm. and that and that some of these other characters may play a gameplay role. She teaching a tomb raiding class and taking him on a field trip. What's happening? I don't happening? know. I don't know. I mean, I think that is not too far off from some of the implication from the from the mm. leaked stuff. Uh, yeah, they, they're, there's some there's some talk about like character. This is why it makes it seem like it came out of voice casting stuff. Is that there's like descriptions of like who this version of Lara Croft is and what kind of actress they're looking for to play her, an authentic British actress in their mid thirties in the prototype <laughs> of Emily Blunt or Rosamund Pike. This says. Um, anyway, yeah, like it, it's uh, the, the gist. The main gist is like, hey, this is the fully confident, actualized Laura Croft who has embraced her adventuring ways. 
no more like no more strife about like family identity and like who are the crofts and like mm-hmm. who am i it's just full-on like hey i am i am indiana jones now like, this I, is awesome i like, think being, a little of that stuff went a long way and they maybe went a little too long with it yeah like, that I third it was kind one of was not great I, I tapped out of the third one not not necessarily because of the flashback scenes but i remember like not getting too deep into those like croft manor yeah mm. like flashback gameplay sequences like two was the best one of those two, three, right two, yeah. rise, yes rise of the tomb raider of that recent trilogy absolutely is the high point of that um but yeah like this this sounds like it's kind of more like the laura croft of the original games like not in the idiotic you know like the triangle boobs and constant right. like the camp of the original two rare games maybe not so much but the but the hey this is laura croft like loving being laura croft mm-hmm. and just like raiding tombs and loving it basically <laughs> <laughs> raiding tombs and loving it i'm gonna plunder uh, your culture and i am fucking stoked yes that's kind of how this is described is right. she's like is, is just full-on full-on like legendary career has been lauded and printed in tabloids tall tales of adventure that have inspired a new generation of tomb raiders to seek their fortunes in the world anyway like it yeah i sounds like it sounds like it sounds like a tomb raiding posse may be part of this new one and i don't know what kind of gameplay implications that would have but that sounds like an interesting direction for this i would play a new tomb raider i would too i here's the thing i appreciate that they are moving into the more confident era of of lara croft i want to say that they're going to have to walk a very fine line with that story to not make it seem like she is literally celebrating plundering indigenous cultures the way the Tomb Raider games kind of are built to be, you know? You know, she she is saving those relics from people who uh-huh. are trying to pillage them, and she just, if, you know, there's sometimes there's collateral damage, but it belongs in a museum. Yeah, you do, know, you want these, do you want these relics in a museum or in some billionaire's private collection? Whose museum? You know... What That's country is going one. to get those artifacts? You know, it's a private collection. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's maybe in Croft Manor. It's being mm-hmm. it's being held. I feel like what happens in the Tomb Raider games is somebody. Tell me if you've heard of this one before. Somebody's out there to go get the the MacGuffin, but it turns out the MacGuffin has some mystical properties, and if they what? do get it. Could herald and could bring about some uh, catac- ancient cataclysmic e- evil that uh, you didn't even know about. So, in order to stop that, uh, Lara Croft has to destroy the temple slash pyramid slash ancient uh, civilization's remains and bury it under God knows how many tons of rubble. And then we never talk about it again. You know, I think under those specific circumstances, you're right. She's fully justified. She just she, fuck, she should just go ape shit. Fuck it. Along the way, she'll shoot a tiger or two. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or a thousand. Some, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, well, there aren't uh, any more of those tigers anymore. <laughs> it's, all right, it's time. Two pistols and a T-Rex. That's right. There's never been a need. better time. That's all that, you need. Two pistols and a T-Rex was the tabloid headline that really she's mm-hmm. got pinned up on her wall. Yeah, Daily I, Mail. I, <laughs> two pistols and a T-Rex. Has Laura Croft gone too far? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope... From some of this story that it doesn't, what they're suggesting here from this script is that it doesn't hit it over the head too much with, I can do this alone, no, you need help uh, uh, storytelling, right? Like, uh, it kind of, I'm Brad, I'm sure you're getting a big dose of this with the Aloy stuff in the, I can do this alone, I can do this alone. 
Sometimes you need help, Aloy. They, Sometimes they, they lay that stuff on real thick. Yeah. Like, so like to the point I just hit a scene where it's like, like the, the whole game, it has just been this constant thing of her friends saying, you can't do this alone. Yes. And her either saying like, fuck off. I work alone or just sneaking out in the middle of the night. And like, totally. finally, now they're finally at the point where like, we're coming with you. <laughs> Shut up. But so like, I, it's just, it's just been, it's been a little much. I got so tired of that in Horizon, so I'm hoping this doesn't tread that ground again. Because mm-hmm. it t- kind of sounds like, in in the kind of setup in this leaked thing, that it could be the setup for her character is she's so used to working alone, she's not willing to accept some help on a, on a gig she needs help on. Uh, but hopefully she gets over that pretty quickly. I also wonder if this is them setting up some kind of more multiplayer world stuff with the uh, could be. a world of tomb raiding. Maybe some, some kind of, or, even, or even just some kind of online co-op for the story yeah. or something. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I wonder what what that gameplay document looks like, you know, aside from the story. But yeah, I'm also up for some another experience with Lara Croft. Uh, they have they had a cool formula going, especially with two, where it's like it's kind of uncharted, but it's more open worldy. Yeah, there's a little more. There's a little more actual exploration to this, which was cool. But yeah. Uh, as a side story here, there is also, uh, the story came out that the movie rights to the Tomb Raider franchise are now up for grabs. Yes. If anybody is, um, you know, does anybody want a piece? You guys interested? <sighs> Probably not if you're Warner Brothers, but, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll so take, I'll take some points. But yeah, so the deal with this one was MGM was the last studio that had the rights. They put out the 2018 reboot with, uh, Alicia Vikander. Uh, and that movie did not do great, uh, but they were still... Oh, did it not? No, it made some money, but it did not make a lot of money. Hmm. Uh, or at least it did not make as much as they expected it to. So, that one came out, uh, they were talking about doing a, sec- a sequel to that one, but it never really got too far past the develop- like early development stage. And so MGM got bought by Amazon, <laughs> because that's the world we live in now. Uh, I forgot that happened too. Yes, Jeff Bezos is Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Um, and so. <laughs> Metro Goldwyn Mayer Bezos. Yep. <laughs> so they are probably reevaluating a lot of stuff they had the rights to, and it seems like they just let the rights to this one lapse. Uh, so technically they are up for grabs. The movie rights specifically are movie up for rights. grabs. There is a TV animated series that is in development at Netflix. Though, again, with Netflix being what it is these days, God only knows where that's going to end up. But it seems like that is still going forward, at least. <sighs> you too could own the rights to Tomb Raider and also make a moderately successful but not successful enough adaptation of the hit video game. I just like don't I- know where Tomb Raider falls in the modern culture zeitgeist. Like, does anybody? I don't know if it does really. Does not it? on that like, level. Yeah, not on like the, the original Angelina Jolie movie adaptation level, which was the first. The first one was the one that really broke out, and then after that, it's all been kind of diminishing returns in the the attempted movies. So, like the Tomb Raider games are popular, but I think they're not like they used to be. Not like they used to be. Yeah, right. Yes, but maybe that animated series will do well. Maybe it'll. Yeah, stranger things have happened. Stranger Things did happen yeah. three times, four seasons, four. Seasons. four. Oh my gosh, Maybe. three and a half did the the, the yeah other the other half, half four. came around. Oh, that's right, it just did right. Yeah, yeah. Stop, stopped after one. Never looked back. Yeah, I think you, I stopped you don't, after you don't two. Need to keep and, going. Yeah, I think two kind of I fell off. 
one one was a fantastic end to that season. They should have like, banged this drum forever. I think they were going to do that, right? They were going to anthologize it, like American American Horror Story style. There you, was, I remember every, hearing that from you. Every, so every, I will, I, I'd swear I ended up reading somewhere that they had all originally thought about doing that until the first season was so popular. That thing uh, that thing felt built to support like one storyline per season. Hmm. But anyway, all right, Brad. Uh, what's going on with uh, uh, Riot? Uh, Project L, the fighting game from Riot, is free to play. Stop me if you've heard this before about mm-hmm. a Riot video game. It's free to play. Okay. Like every other Riot game. <laughs> that was... It's a big deal, though. It is a big deal in the fighting game space, though, because like this is the game being headed up by the Cannon brothers, Tony and Tom Cannon of GGPO fame. Mm. Uh, also, the founders of Evo. Mm. Also, they were making that Rising Thunder robot fighting game with Seth Killian until they got acquired by Riot, and they shut that down and said, hey, make a League fighting game instead. Oh, did that never come out? That never came out. Uh, there were playable alphas? Yes. Yeah, but it never something? got to the final stage. Yeah, okay. it never, they never finished it. It was canceled, but it, did, it was playable publicly at least for a while. All right. Um, but yeah, that's what happened to that, and I believe Seth Killian is no longer involved. Okay. Uh, but the cannons are still at Riot, and like they've they've like they've shown footage of this game and shown it to streamers, and like people seem pretty jazzed about it. It's a it's like an assist fighter, a tag fighter. I would have called it a tag fighter because I don't know shit about mm-hmm. modern fighting game parlance, but I assume that's of the kind of mid period Capcom style, right? Yeah, the, the X Men Street Fighter kind of tag stuff. It's got a very clean look. I like the look of it. Yeah, it's got a nice art style. Um, but again, like the just the pedigree, the cred of this thing is pretty solid in the fighting game community. Saying the online has got to work with this. Uh, yeah, if boy, if the online doesn't work in this, something went ma- majorly wrong. <laughs> but um, I mean, the big thing is just like a fighting game of this caliber with this kind of like pedigree behind it being free to play. You know, mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. doesn't really happen. Like these Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat's and all those are commercial products or you know retail products. Uh, multiverse, like look at multiverse, like multiverses is is instantly huge. Yes, coming out of the gate and being pretty good and free to play. Like, is um is multiverses being respectful of my time and wallet? I don't know. Uh, I would say just from the amount I've played, the progression is definitely a little sluggish, but not so unbearable that I have felt the need to like get out there and shell out some money for currency or whatever. Like I just okay. also, I don't like that game enough to actually want to spend money on it, but I, it's fine. It's fun enough. But did I see, I want to say somebody figured out it's like somewhere three, $400 of stuff that you can pay for in that thing or something currently. Hmm. What I about think? $0? That's fine. Hey, that's yeah. your prerogative. That's say hey, they want to give that game away for free and hoping that you'll some people are going to pay 400 some people are going to pay zero you're gonna, gonna play the averages on it i'm the zero yeah. anyway so, I, I just i I think this project l stuff is really interesting like i am only adjacent to the fgc but like this game first of all like you know right riot off at your peril like they keep putting games out and they keep being huge. Yeah, just because Riot exists in a space that I don't generally occupy, I have to constantly remind myself that oh wait, they are actually one of the biggest companies in gaming. Period. Right. Right. Well, you know, like I think Legends of Runeterra, their card game is quite big. Like Valorant caught on well enough to stick around. Like 
And this is coming like, right in the, you know, the period where, like, Street Fighter Six is starting to get its hype cycle. Like, there's other fighting games that are presumably going to make some announcements around Evo, which is this weekend. Yeah, like, Ed Boon had to go out there and say, hey, we're not going to announce Mortal Kombat 12. Yeah. <laughs> like, chill out. Enjoy Street Fighter. Let's let's all enjoy. I think I think that's what he said was like, hey, let's all enjoy Street Fighter this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> it's their time. Uh, but but yeah, like Street Fighter Six is actually picking up a lot of good bu- buzz itself. So like for that to be strong and also this free to play game that is going to clearly be extremely well supported and I th- seems seems pretty promising. Like it's it's just interesting to watch even if you're just kind of interested in the fighting game landscape without actually playing those games. Well, it's been a while since a company has actually just tried their hand at it that wasn't one of the existing, you know, handful of studios that just makes all the fighting games. Right. I I am a very small... They should... This game will probably not be for me, and they shouldn't make it for me, because I am the person who likes to play a fighting game for the story part of the fighting fighting game, and not necessarily the online competition part, so they should definitely not cater to that Right, so you're a Mortal Kombat player. Or like older, even older Street Fighter stuff. I just wanted to see the endings mm-hmm. for, for Street Fighter. Uh, I suspect this. I, I wonder if this will have anything in it. Like, I bet this will have narrative and lore around the edges for their characters they want to sell because that's what these companies do, right? right? They, you know, they they comics and you know online communities. In order to get people invested in their characters, you kind of flesh out the characters these days in ways that you kind of didn't. But I think in terms of single player, I bet this won't be for me. Really. I would guess probably not. Probably yeah. not. The way the way they're trying to monetize it, I would yeah. I would say you're probably right. Uh but uh, I, I am also curious to see what happens when yes, people that are well respected in the fighting game community take their hand to a fighting game. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I I could not I don't know shit about the league fiction and don't give a shit about it. I mean I know who Jinx is, that's about it. And Timo. Uh, but people seem pretty stoked about that stuff. I, s- I swear, I swear I'm going to cancel Netflix and I swear I'm going to watch arcane before I do it. <laughs> so, so we'll see. I have I liked that trailer. I've watched like three times for arcane. I just like, people watch rave about that show. So like, it's crazy. I'm afraid see, if I watch it, I'm going to get into like League of Legends like, lore. That's the thing. I see a bunch of people say like, I didn't give a shit about League, and then I watched Arcane, and then I spent 200 hours playing Legends of Runeterra or whatever. This is yeah. a dark path to go down, my friends. Like, I uh, want nothing to do with that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I've only like, got I, so much t- room in my life. I didn't even care about the story of the MOBA that I did want to play. Gotta uh, watch the Dota cartoon. But, I don't know. Maybe Maybe watch that, and then... I'd rather watch Arcane than, than the Dota show, actually. Is there a Dota show? Oh, yeah. No, there's, they, they there, was, ha- there was an anime, a Dota anime on, oh, stop it. on, okay. on Netflix. Yeah, no. That came out, didn't it? I don't remember that, a Dota that came out ages ago. That Dragon, that Dragon Knight show came out ages ago, did it not? I don't know. Yeah, they came out last year. Okay. I believe you. I just have no idea. Dota Dragon's Blood starring Dragon Knight. Everybody's oh, favorite. Stop. Everybody's favorite boring carry. <laughs> I like Dragon Knight. Anyway. All right. Uh, Alex, what's going on with this uh, wrestling game? Ah, yes. Okay. So, you know, if you've followed my career over the years, you know I like the wrestling games. I specifically like the old wrestling games because they were better before, damn it. Um, AEW, the uh, upstart league that has uh, taken the world more or less by storm. Uh, Their first console project has been in the works for a while. Ukes is developing it. Uh, they have named the game. It is AEW Fight Forever. 
and they have themselves a publisher in dun, 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 THQ Nordic. Stop! Huh. What is going huh. on? THQ is back wrestling in game? business, baby. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Huh. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, this was talked about, I think, for at least the last few weeks. I think Kenny Omega might have let it slip on a stream that THQ Nordic was going to do it, but they officially did the announcement this week. Um, this doesn't mean a great deal in the grand scheme of things. Like, they have a publisher. Okay. You know, like, they were going to get one eventually. It is interesting that Warner Brothers is not the one doing it, uh, though given the current state of WB Games and all things Warner Brothers amid the Discovery merger, maybe that was not as much of a sure bet. I mention this because AEW airs on TNT and TBS, which are both Warner properties. Hmm. Uh, so the thing I am having with this game and the, the stuff they have shown for it so far is that they are making a game that is modeled very similarly to the old N64 wrestlers that I really loved. But there is just something about the footage they keep showing where it feels like it is just missing something. And I think that something might be certain transitional animations, because every time someone does a move in one of these things, it feels like the characters are speeding up and slowing down into the next animation state. And it looks kind of funky. Isn't that huh. all wrestling games? I, feel, I have had that reaction to the footage of every wrestling game I have ever seen. I mean, maybe maybe you're saying this is worse in that respect, but... It's 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 not necessarily worse than the 2K stuff, which has had this problem in varying to varying degrees over the years forever. The thing is, them deciding to go with Ukes and them deciding to go with this new animation engine, which is the thing they were touting as why the thing they wanted to do that 2K would not let them use, and having it look like this is just a little like, oh, I kind of hope this was the kind of thing that maybe you would have dealt with before you launched this game. Especially considering it seems like it is not going to be a game that is heavy on features. At least not the way those WWE games, which they've been making them for decades now, and there is like a huge built-up roster of modes and things in those. So I wouldn't expect a first effort to have all of that. But I would hope that the gameplay would at least make up for that. And again, I haven't put hands on this thing. I don't know, actually know how it feels. It's just the, the promotional materials they have put out so far have not had me going, yes, I'm, re I'm excited about this. This looks great. Is, yeah, at, least, at least it's got wrestlers in it that people like. Oh, it does. Yes. Um, man, this is all very... Okay. Yeah. I'm... Brad, I don't know. You, you, you probably live a bit in this world too, the peripheral wrestling video game world yes, of in that you have worked with people who were into that sort of thing. I, well, Ukes and THQ and wrestling all are very familiar. It's just yeah. that they've all, it's all they've all left, and now dude, they're just making the deck wrestling. Got this, yeah. Dude, this this announcement tweet for this publisher deal, publishing deal, is insane because <laughs> it literally starts with the modern current THQ Nordic logo. <laughs> The word Nordic falls away from it, and then it straight up morphs into the classic THQ logo, which has not been in use for over a decade because the actual THQ fell apart that long ago. Yeah. Yes. Like, they really are leaning into this, like, hey, we're the thing that used to put out the wrestling games. I mean, no, we're not, but, like, we got it's, the same name, right? It's weird. I mean, and don't forget, the THQ Nordic... That was one of the early Embracer group things, right? Like THQ Nordic is like was yes. the Embracer group for like yes, AEW has I, been it has been I, embraced. Embracer group is all elite. 
I well no, I mean I I if I'm not mistaken, like whatever that entity is acquiring the THQ properties was the first time I ever heard of Same the, here, yeah. The Embracer Group or whatever it was called at that time. Yeah. Like I'd never heard of that whole outfit until it was like, hey, so and so got all the THQ IPs at auction or whatever it was. <laughs> and I was like, uh, huh, what are they gonna do with those? I want mm. And then the rest was history. Uke split with the WWE stuff in a kind of a weird way, right? Like Mid-development they, of not the last game that came out, but the one before. And didn't they have their own thing going on that they were working on? side? So side they were supposedly working on something that was a J- Japanese product. And okay. I don't know what became of that, or if maybe the AEW deal kind of morphed that thing into this. But the whole thing was based like around this animation engine they had in- developed internally that 2K just kept telling them, no, you can't use this. Because so they were doing weird. all the motion capture in-house at Visual Concepts. Whatever old is new. Whatever yeah. new is old. Uh, well, speaking, and last little detail on this, they threw in the most placeholder of all placeholder release dates of December 31st, 2022. And I'm just telling you right now, uh-huh. that game is not coming out before March next year. Oh, weird. So that is my that- belief. They kept the old THQ logo and the old style of just yeah. putting it at the last possible date within a there calendar is, year. There is less than 1% chance that game comes out this calendar year. Man. Uh, I only mentioned uh, that because there had been some rumors that it might come out in like September or something. It's like, that's super not happening. AEW, fight forever. Yes. Who's this person? Isn't the person on the main cover? Is that CM Punk? Okay. I guess everybody's CM Punk over. is there. Daniel Bryan is there now. Now is Brian Danielson uh, and a number of other ex WWE people you may or may not have heard of have, have filtered in there as well. Okay. How much is CM Punk even involved? Like, is he actually wrestling on a regular basis? He was the world champion and then he got hurt. So oh, okay. uh, he is currently on hiatus, but uh, it sounds like he should be back sometime this year. Is it safe to say he is the biggest name that they've got? He was the biggest signing they got at the time. Him and Daniel Bryan, I feel like, came in around the same time, and it was a big, big deal. Uh, especially CM Punk, because he had basically retired. Right. After his illustrious UFC career. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we all try some things. They don't always work out. A uh, quick question. Yeah. Um, Wrestling-wise, mm-hmm. do you feel, uh, objectively, because I know, you know, there's a lot of emotion in wrestling stuff, but do you feel like objectively... Uh, AEW is ascendant while WWE is maybe kind of um, stuck in the mud a bit? Or do you feel like WWE, could you tell me like WWE is still a powerhouse, they're not going anywhere, AEW's still got a long way to go? Uh, The scale at this point, WWE is still a much, much bigger product. But Mm -hmm. I think if you're talking about like, what do the fans like? Yeah, what are the fans, like what's the vibe out there? By and large, the people who love, who like AEW love AEW. I I watch their programming. I do not watch WWE at all anymore. I Mm -hmm. don't love every single thing that AEW does. There are some people they have signed and some things they have done that I think are actually kind of bad. But by and large, I enjoy their shows far more than I have enjoyed any WWE product in ages. And... The thing everyone is talking about now is with Vince McMahon having retired. Oh, uh, he did? Forcibly. Like, oh, yes. Oh, oh, oh I yes. did not yeah. catch it. Oh, yes. You can, oh, you, I, I'm not going to get into it. You can <laughs> surmise reasons why Vince McMahon might have been forced to retire. I think, I think it's like worse than you might like guess, though. Like, there's allegations of, of sexual assault, and then like they discovered, like wasn't it like eight figures worth of hush money payments on the books of 
WWE. Yes, he was essentially using what he was qualifying as company money to pay for uh, non-disclosure agreements for women that he was having affairs with. Huh. Well, that I probably would could have guessed that in five. Yeah. Uh, but so he's but, gone. Triple H has moved up to the creative role, and his daughter Stephanie is co CEO with the other the ESPN guy who he brought in like a year or two ago to basically be the Hatchet Man. Uh, but do people generally see that as a good thing? I, I think the jury's still out. Like there okay. are, th- I I'm unconvinced at this stage that things will actually radically change there. I think some things will change for the better. But that thing is such a monolith, and that product yeah. is so, like, the format for it is so entrenched that I have a hard time believing they can actually change in a meaningful way. Like, AEW and WWE are worlds apart financially, right? Like, they're... like Yeah, I mean, w- AEW is a lot bigger than it was when it started, and, you know, I mean, they are owned by a billionaire. It's just a different scale of billionaire. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, 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 it's the son well, he's, of... He's the son of, like, a... a, a legit huge billionaire yeah right? shad khan is the owner of the jacksonville jaguars in at least one uh uh uk football league uh or team but yeah his son tony khan is the one who owns AEW, and you know he's shelled out a fair amount of money to get some very popular people onto that show but they are not operating mm. at the financial scale that wwe is currently Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like I don't know anything but what I see pop up in, you know, forums or whatever, but I see more people talk about AEW than I see than I interact with people who talk about WWE. But I still assume WWE to the masses is still just a much bigger property property yeah. like commercially. Weird. What a weird wrestling is will always be a weird show to me in the industry. It's Again, it is one of the last truly carny industries to still survive in, you know, in the greater, uh, you know, capitalist world. Like, as much as they move toward respectability and, you know, being a publicly traded company and all that other shit, they are all still carnies at heart. But now it's run basically by wrestlers, right? Like, uh, Triple H was a wrestler yes. and, uh, and over at AEW. Uh, they have a it- bunch of their agents, like the people who run the show there are ex-wrestlers, yes. Right. So at least... At least they're all hopefully have some kind of insight into what it takes, what kind of abuse and what kind of, you know, uh, harm goes into that product. Oh, yeah. And I mean, look, let's be real. You know, as much as this stuff has come to light and was the thing that knocked Vince McMahon finally off his pedestal, it's not like there haven't been far worse allegations about that dude for a variety of things over the years. So it's like this being the thing that got him is only surprising in that it it doesn't even seem like the worst thing he's ever done. Right, yeah, Yeah. I was going to say, Vince McMahon has... I don't know if it's because he has played the villain in the wrestling stuff that I have seen, but he always seemed like a villain in the story. He's a bad person. (laughs) I'm just saying that outright. He is a bad person. (laughs) Man. All right. Uh, Last thing we have on here... Is the uh, there was the Annapurna showcase uh, that happened recently, uh, Annapurna Interactive showcase, and for the most part, it was uh, a lot of stuff that had been announced, some dates getting attached to things, some studios um, uh, uh, announcements, but studios working on projects, some stuff in particular, the um, uh, uh, team behind, jeez, uh, what the heck is the name of the game? It's escaping me now. Which uh, one? Wadham. 
Kentucky Route Zero. Yeah, Kentucky Route Zero team uh, is is working on another thing. And then Brad, like you mentioned, Kato, Kato Takahashi, yes, is is making a new game. The trailer for which is on YouTube. They haven't titled it yet. The game and the title for the YouTube announcement video is literally just three question marks, which I think is hilarious. Uh, and that's with his new-ish studio. Uvula. Yeah, I, I don't know how old Uvula is. I think it's the thing he started after he left Phenomena. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, so- they, I, I forgot that, like, I totally forgot that that time travel robot game on the play date was him, which is on the Uvula website. Like, that's the kind of... There's like four games listed on their their website, including this new one that is about which there are zero details. Uh, so for those who don't remember, Kita Takahashi is probably best known for uh, Katamari, Nobi Nobi Boy, maybe less known for, but still out there for Wadham. Uh, a unique style. Yes. Yeah. He uh, has a usually- distinctive artistic flavor that is not easily replicated, as uh, evidenced by all the Katamari games they made after he left. <laughs> Uh, and there's really not a lot else uh, to say about that game. It's just that there is a game in the works. Yeah, that's about it. From yeah. the Annapurna Showcase stuff. I mean, I'm happy to hear the Kentucky Route Zero people are on to their next thing. You know, that was a long labor of love for them. So I can't wait to see what they try next. What is the name of their new game? Uh, I'm not sure Which it has word? a name. I think it literally oh. is the new creative project from the okay. studio. Huh. A lot of untitled projects getting announced here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like they kind of did this last time with their showcase, too, of like, hey, these collaborators are working together. That's really special, and we can't wait to see what, what they have coming out. Um, you know, they're, the the catalog from Annapurna is usually, uh, I find, more hits than misses. They have a new so. game out, I think, uh, if this week or next week, Hindsight. Yeah, I think that is this week. I think it is uh, as of the time of this recording might be tomorrow. So that one I'm curious about, but it didn't, it didn't jump out at me. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for the news, the news, but that's not it for the show. We have some emails. (gasps) Podcast at nextlander.com. I'm sorry. What? Podcast (gasps) at nextlander.com. You couldn't have said what I think you said, which was, Podcast at nextlander.com. He said it. Mm-hmm. And that means it is time for the emails. They just, he summons them in by the power of his own voice. And these emails come into us. That's right. Get looked at, get curated. Only the finest emails get plucked out for this Nextlander podcast. See, see, now it's working because now I feel like we are in dialogue with our listeners because people are starting to email us follow ups about things we have talked about elsewhere. Fantastic. Here. Hopefully there's just tons of corrections in there. So it's great. It's great to hear more about the things we talk about, like gambling. Oh, mm. gambling. Uh, yeah, like this did lottery. become a gambling podcast kind of gradually. I didn't even notice. As after, yes, after we talked about teaching your children how to play blackjack and such uh-huh. last week. I watched somebody get thrown out of a casino, or not thrown out. I got somebody backed off, watched a video of somebody get backed off a table for counting cards, and I thought that was really interesting. All right. Got a couple of emails from people in the biz. Oh, I love it. I love industry emails. Here is an email from Wyatt. I worked at a casino in a smallish town of about 100,000 people in Alberta, Canada for two years. It started off as an amazing job. I was only 18 and the job paid minimum wage plus about $10 an hour in tips. So that was great. 
And you got tons of breaks because the mental math can uh, really can wear on you and lead to mistakes. Hmm, I bet. But eventually, the constant anger directed towards you by players really leads to most people either quitting or delighting in taking those players' money. Because otherwise, how do you deal? From the bottom. Uh, and it just gets hard to be the person dealing with clearly addicted people as well, watching addicts mm. take more money out of their accounts as their wife or partner protests, wears on a person. One time, a player at my table literally shit himself and then had to be asked to go to the bot to the washroom to clean himself up. Oh, man. Uh, people wearing diapers at a casino is very real. Gambling is perhaps one of the least well-recognized addictions, in my opinion. Agreed. Now, now specific issues. Card counting. Uh-huh. Modern blackjack tables either use six decks or, more commonly, they use an auto-shuffler. I read about these. Don't sit at the table with the auto shuffler. Uh, the six decks makes count card counting ridiculously hard because you don't actually go through the six decks. You go through about four and a half and then reshuffle. Okay. Uh, but the auto shuffler makes it pretty well impossible because the dealer puts the cards used already back into the shuffler after going through about one deck's worth of cards. I did not realize they had just done that. Yeah. So I saw images of them. They're kind of cool. They look like these big snails on a table and they, they after the hand, they put them in the back of it. Yeah, I've, I've I've seen the machines. I just I didn't realize they had like by policy just started basically feeding cards back in so fast you can't yeah. keep track anymore. That's weird. I Which, I saw some places say even if you're not counting cards, the auto shuffler takes away some of the advantage for the player. I guess there's a point if you play perfect blackjack using the best strategies, there's a point five percent house advantage is what hmm. I I saw, hmm. which is pretty slim. That's that's close. If you play perfectly. Uh, the dealer clap, <laughs> the dealer clap thing you mentioned, uh, when a dealer leaves is for the eye in the sky to show that you aren't palming chips on your way to the break room. Oh boy. That tracks, okay. uh, betting sizes. Most tables have a range limit. For example, a table might be limited to five to $100 on these tables. You can't, uh, you can bet any amount in this range. They don't have to be consistent. Okay. Interestingly, having a maximum is an essential part of the house being able to win. Otherwise, without a limit, a player could uh, a player with a large pool of cash could simply double their bet after every loss, and mathematically, it becomes unlikely that you won't recoup your losses. Interesting. Okay. Uh, with a max limit that is only twenty size, the, uh, sorry, twenty times the size of the minimum, you can only do this doubling a few times. This is why every single table game will have a maximum table bet, which is maybe not intuitive. Hmm. Table nerves. <laughs> that, yeah, I had brought this up. If you're feeling nervous about playing tables and getting yelled at by other players, feel free to ask the dealer what you should do. Most hmm. casinos even will provide players uh, with a little cheat sheet for what to do in each situation. And there are, as far as I know, uh, the, uh, and they are, these are, as far as I know, the actual objective best strategies. Uh, because even with objective best strategies in blackjack, for example, if you have a 13 against dealer 6, you don't take a hit because it's likely the dealer busts. Most dealers would far rather give you a hand than see you do something truly stupid like splitting tens. Mm, never split the tens. So there you go. That, I love that inside some, knowledge. Some, some I mean, inside, yes. I also, uh, I, when I was looking up some stuff, see, I, it, uniforms don't have pockets, I guess. I don't know if huh. that's a universal thing, but they said a lot of the dealers don't have pockets. Again, so they, the casino uh, doesn't want them to pocket a chip. Yeah. Uh, in, in no, game. I mean, that's just that's just good sense. That's just good sense. All right, Brad. Thank you very much so, for that email. Yeah. There's one more from Matthew who worked in casino surveillance. 
Oh, man. Where's the eye in the sky? Oh, man. I heard you all in the podcast talking about going to casinos, counting cards and all that, and thought I'd chime in. I worked in surveillance, and my job, among other things, was to try to catch cheating, but also just being eyes for any danger or people who might need help. Hmm. Actually, there is a really long list of things we looked for, but we weren't too worried about card counting unless someone was making lots of money. (laughs) What we would look for is someone who is betting erratically, betting small amounts for a while, and then all of a sudden ramping up their bets right when they start winning a lot. Also looking at what hands people hit or stay on. Hmm. There is a statistically best way to play every hand, and if someone isn't playing that way, it's suspicious if, again, they are betting weird and winning a lot. Okay. It's not really cheating, so if we think someone is doing this, they would probably just be asked to leave. They also obviously ask people who are clearly intoxicated to leave. Hmm. Uh, Cheating, on the other hand, is different. If we catch someone cheating, and we do, it comes with jail sentences. Jeez. I did not realize that. Uh, Or if a dealer is cheating, obviously they are fired, although many of these smaller problems, even if the patron is in the wrong, it's just easier to solve by giving them what they want and telling them to leave. (laughs) Wait, even if they're cheating? I guess. Huh. Smaller problems. I don't know what what does that mean. Look, they don't put your head in a vice anymore, all right? Like, that's that's just not the way. Uh, maybe that's like, I, I clearly, I tapped hit me and you, you, Mm. you know, you stood on the car, I don't know, like a disagreement or something. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I don't know that. I mean, the thing I realized by looking into some more blackjack stuff, when I was trying to figure out all the rules is if the casino is a business that wants to take your money, if you are, if they're not going to run a business in which they are losing. So if they think that you have beat the system, if you can beat the odds, they don't want you to play there. And it yep. is, it is their right to ask you to leave. They say, I don't want to take your action or whatever. And they, they can ask you to leave because they don't want you to win. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, they're not in the business of losing money. So when I watch the videos of people getting backed off of tables, it's funny. They're like, you can play blackjack. You can't raise your bet ever. <laughs> yeah. And, and the guy's like, wait, you want me to just lose? He's like, no, you just can't raise your bet ever. And it's like, I'm going to lose my money. He's like, you just can't raise your, you can play. You can't raise now your, you're, just now you're it. Yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you're getting it. So it was like, oh my gosh. It just reinforced to me that, if I were to go to Vegas, and again, I've kind of had this mindset for a while, pay the money for the entrance fee to have a good time, not to walk out with money. It is not a, it's not a situation in which you are, I think I would ever get into to win. Unless they said, you know, a lot of people say, if you're counting cards, you, you can gain an edge over the house. But I, I'm not, that's not something I'm interested in. Wild. Wild. Anything All else, right. Brad? A couple more here. Okay. Jordan from Michigan. Uh, When I went to high school in 2004 and 2005, I took media classes. Our class did a daily high school news show, and we all did group projects in this class. One project we all had to do was a PSA. The PSA my group shot and edited was an anti-bullying PSA, and because I wanted to be funny, the video was just a bunch of failed anti-bullying tactics. Hmm. Uh, One segment was a last resort. If all else fails, defend yourself, and I ended up being thrown into a plastic garbage can. Mm-hmm. Another tactic was to grab a teacher for help, and the teacher more or less bullied me instead. Anyway, uh, before school ends, we're all asked if we want to keep these projects. Uh, if not, they were going into the trash. Being a dumb high schooler and being more interested in, in the now and not the future, I did not care about preserving my stuff. I have regretted that decision for years now. My question is, for all the years of video footage and audio files, has there ever been anything that you've trashed that you now regret? Oof. I don't, I mean, like, there was so much surplus footage on hard drives. Like, did you trash anything? I mean, 
probably trash is not the right the word I would use, just lost, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's lost a shame. Lost time or hard drive replacements or what have you. Yeah, the regret would probably be like, oh, I didn't back this up, you know, or like there was stuff from GameSpot that I assumed would be on a server somewhere forever that just wasn't. You know, right. It wasn't backed up in a way. I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, we talk about this in making video games, old video games. When you're burning through a project, a project that is all-encompassing, I'm not worried about backing stuff up. I just want to get the project done, right. slash and burn, and move. Like it's, I'm exporting final, final, final export, final, final twenty one, final. It's four a.m. I just want to get out of here. And if that project, if that computer catches on fire, as long as that file file is up, the next day I'm tired and I don't care about it. It's only years later you look back and you're like, oh man, all that B-roll would have been funny to have. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So I don't yes. know. There's there is a lot of B-roll probably lost out there from those um skits we did for that game of the year at the skits. We shot a lot for that. Um and I don't know if all of that stuff ever made it out there. I don't know where that stuff is. But uh, it was probably loaded in and and you know it's, it's sitting on a hard drive in a box somewhere. Got to go engineer a heist. <sighs> go get those hard drives out of that building. Gosh, there are probably hundreds of those hard drives. Those hard drives, and more importantly, that footage is unfortunately not our property. No, 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 no. no. So remotely. yeah, I, I don't know. Stuff from growing up, I had VHS tapes that are probably broken, snaps now that, you know, what are you going to do? The nice thing is uh, my memory's terrible enough that if I don't, <laughs> I, I, like, if I didn't see it, I probably can't remember it. Just don't think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my friends and I made an amateur film in college oh. called, called Fireballs. Oh, okay. That I really wish I still had a copy of. You don't have a, a copy of the, the film at all? Like the final? No, I didn't like edit it. I didn't do most of the, the post on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I don't know that I ever, I may have had the file at some point. I cannot find it. It kills me. Because uh, this was like, this was like 2000-ish. It was directly post Phantom Menace and also right when like digital video editing was just becoming a thing. Mm. So it was like a lot of us just like shooting ourselves on a Sony Handycam running around the dorm. And then going in and giving ourselves lightsabers later. Okay. And like throwing Street Fighter fireballs, just like the worst possible turn of the century video, like amateur video effects. I love it. It was, it was, it was basically an excuse for us to like make lightsabers and stupid shit like that. But there was a story. And there were a lot I wish of I had that thing. late 90s, early 2000s tutorials on how to make a lightsaber mm-hmm. uh, effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, that and that the lightsaber effect and how to make the Jedi ghost. I feel like there were a lot of those. Yes, uh, there may have there, or, there or, very likely was something like that in there too. Jedi ghost or communicator, uh, like Obi Wan or Leia communicator style uh, yes. hologram. Somebody somebody chose simply the best by Tina Turner as the song for the credits. <laughs> that was the correct choice uh, in in Fireballs. I uh, man, I, I hope I find that file someday. Alex, if you find you a VHS a, tape. You can send it to me. I will encode it for you. <laughs> Do you have anything that you know was lost to time? I mean, a lot of the stuff I've lost over the years is just like, you know, old digital photos that I had on a hard drive that is either dead or disappeared, you know, mm. or things like that. I'm not a lot of footage. Band performances? I bet, okay, at least for one band that I was in and the one I was in the longest, I bet one of the people involved in that thing still probably has a mountain of VHS tapes that has, like, those things. Because I know he still has a bunch of, like, 
demo tape recordings and other things kind of floating mm. around in his collection. So I bet that stuff is there. I'm just going to be real. I don't need that stuff to surface. I'm fine with it. If I never see the performance I did to five people at the Whiskey A Go Go on a Tuesday night, uh-huh. I can live with that. I can live with never seeing that again. Isn't Whiskey A Go Go is like famous? Isn't yeah. It? No, I mean, it's one of the more famous wow. LA, like, you know, oh, bar you, venues. Wow. wow, you played there? Yeah, for five people on a Tuesday night. <laughs> huh. It was a show f- that was arranged, I want to say, by the label we were talking to at the time as sort of a. Hey, play for us while you're down here, kind of thing. Not a real show. I think that's what that was like. The LA glam scene was where like a ton of the big bands were getting their start. Yeah, it was the whiskey. It was the Viper Room. Yes. Uh, the Rainbow Room. Oh wow! Actually, it is way more extensive than I realized. It was like Jeez. those. Those were like the three big ones at the time. Like the list of the list of people who have come through that club is insane. Everything from everybody from like Otis Redding to Alice Cooper. Yeah. Par- Parliament Funkadelic, The Doors. Yeah, the whiskey's the whiskey's been around forever, but I feel yeah, like it, the, the history of it really picked up in like the seventies and eighties. Yeah, jeez, that's cool. But yeah, I played there once. It was cool. Like, I'm not gonna say that wasn't cool as hell, but like, the show was nothing to write home about. So I don't know if I need to see it again. We'll edit you in with a bigger crowd. Yeah, just, uh, we'll edit it in. Uh, all right, Brad. Any more emails we want to get to? I'll call it there for the week. All right. All right. That email address one more time, Brad. Podcast at pod, podcast, right? Podcast. Podcast. Podcast, podcast at nextlander.com. That is the email address. You can send them in. We'll take a look at them. And that is going to do it for this week's show. We talked about, uh, let me bring up the list here, just a recap. We got Exodiac. We talked about Space Lines from the Far Out, Hitman 3, 86 Box, Elden Ring. And Horizon Forbidden. You got your weekly web. dose of those. <laughs> yeah. You get your check-ins. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff going on. The site currently on the Monday. Site. The site. The, the site. site. I call the internet the site. It's mm-hmm. just, it's one big. No, no, no. Know, the internet is now four sites at least. Yep. It's, uh, it's contracting every day. Man, there was a story, an old person story I was listening to about um, the new apps coming out that are putting. Uh, facebook you know to sleep and it made me wonder and remember it was basically a post profile piece on like hey remember when you would put a profile up on a site it was more of a hey tiktok and whatever comes after tiktok are the future of basically sharing stuff you don't need profiles and you know your family connections and it made me think like yeah man that stuff kind of is dumb <laughs> like mm-hmm. bio pages you know and it put into perspective how it used to be, I feel like, about MySpace and a connection to you and this stuff. And now it's really just about content creation and, and sharing that stuff and, and kind of, um, I think, about the, it kind of playing jazz with content and, and manipulating stuff. And that's that probably is the future, not your personal profile and what books you like to read yeah. and your favorite list of movies. Yeah. Uh, interesting. And the interesting. terrible political videos you keep clicking on. No, that's going to be around forever. Yeah. Uh, so we have a bunch of stuff up. We have, we, uh, mentioned it earlier, uh, before, but if you are interested in looking at Exodiac, we had some of that on the stream along with the looker, which is that kind of spoof on the witness and also whoa, oh, the Chronicles. toilet Chronicles. The, the thing people the, actually voted for It's <laughs> part of the patron you choice monsters. stream. <laughs> We're going to try and get to the, 
The end, if not a big chunk of the way through Mass Effect Andromeda on Thursday. You can come join us. We're going to be starting a little bit early, maybe going a little bit later. So you can uh, check that out. Will we finish? I don't know. I don't know either, Uh, but let's see how much we can do. And the same thing with Gabriel Knight 2, though we're going to see if it fits into that two-hour slot. But we might be hitting the hunt soon. We might be getting to the end of that game. So you can join us for Friday. And there we got the watch cast. Uh, up currently, the uh, Patreon version is... Hunt for Red October, featuring Drew Scanlon. And then if you haven't yet subscribed to the RSS feed, the free RSS feed, which is uh, just a week behind, and that has Star Trek, yeah, uh, uh, the original series on it. There are it. now four episodes available for your perusal on the free feed, if you are interested. And you can go check that out and add that to your podcast app. All the details about that stuff is over on our Patreon. You can find that over at patreon.com slash nextlander. Bunch of different tiers there. Stuff coming in to different tiers, out of different tiers. We have uh, Never Been a Better podcast coming out next week. That's going to be Alex, myself, uh, Abby Russell, and Austin Walker, which I wasn't sure if that was a, a combination of people we had regularly. We must have had it in some form or another, but... Uh, Austin and Abby didn't overlap over at Giant Bomb E, so it was fun to have uh, them all together on the show. Over on the Patreon, there is one tier that gets a shout-out on this here show, and that is the Mysterious Benefactor tier. And I'm going to read those names out right now, starting with John Richardson, Vornak, Corey Porter, Vinny's Giant Booga Boogas, James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Nick Donegan, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pezhke, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, John McGinnis, The Bunny Crime Cinematic Universe, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Razgriz2, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R., Kevin Volado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Alan Gonzalez-Beer, Andrew Teepkin, Alex Wu, It's Me, JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Those are our mysterious benefactors for this week. I want to thank everybody for going over to patreon.com slash nextlander, finding a tier that fits your lifestyle, and diving right into it, supporting us, making all of this possible. We thank you very much, and for listening, and for following us wherever. We do indeed. Wherever you're found. Wherever you find nextlander, that's where you are. Also, we've got the merch store up. Uh, details again over on the Patreon. You can go buy yourself a hat, t-shirt, mug. Get in there. Show the world when you're drinking coffee. Show the world your brand loyalty. That's right. We're the one true brand. We're the next social media app. All right. Brad and Alex, I think that's everything, yeah? I think so. Um, what do we got next next week on the WatchCast? If you're, if you're mm-hmm. uh, uh, watching along over on the Patreon side... Alex? Back to Star Trek. It is the episodes The Enemy Within and Mud's Women. The Enemy Within and Mud's Women. 
I can confirm that is a pair of Star Trek episodes. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe not any of our personal favorites in that mix. There's some fun stuff in the enemy with it. There's also some not fun stuff. Yes, that is accurate. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Brad. We'll be back next week. <laughs>